let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. Welcome to Opinions and we are back from our summer break and it's our second birthday mate. No I didn't realise that you posted that earlier today. Did you not? Really? No I hadn't really thought about it. Um, well happy birthday. Yes. We, happy we birthday. are two. Um, two years old and we're, we're drinking 5.7% IPA. To, just to, just <laughs> to ease us into the birthday celebrations yeah we've got um, we've got a fair few beers to get through tonight as well because obviously we've been off air for not off air, but we haven't recorded for for a while, have we? No, because we did a peak ender and opinions on film, so we haven't had recorded a standard show for what six weeks. No, I'd no. say so. And, yeah, roughly the summer holidays. And in those six weeks, I've got to say we've been very fortunate in terms of the amount of samples that we've been sent as well. There's been a few care packages arriving. Yes, in your neck of the woods, haven't they, Steve? Yeah. <laughs> so, so what we've tried to do is to do a bit of. Um, a selection from all of those different samples on, on, on tonight's show and hopefully covering a, a range of different styles. Of yeah, beer yeah we've, definitely well. got, we've definitely got a range of styles, I think. Yeah. It's a good range of styles, as people will see as we go through them. But the beer we're, we're drinking now is um, a gift. It was. From, from a listener. Yes, so um, many thanks to James at Gammon Baron, who um, saw us at Peak Ender, gave us a little bag with a few beers in it, uh, and in there was um, two cans of the Don't Mess With Yorkshire IPA from, from Northern Monk. Which we're, I'm both pleased to see that, because I enjoyed the Don't Mess With Yorkshire Ale. Yeah, me so too. I thought that was really yeah, nice. Yeah. That was about, what, closer to 4%, wasn't it? And it turns out, but it's ain't too bad either. It's just, um, it's really drinkable. It's so light. It's, it's full of sort of citrus, some tropical hints in there, but then it's not overly bitter on the finish. But there is a little bit of a dry, bitter finish to it's it. It's got a certain amount of what that zestiness and the carbonation on it is beautiful as well. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful perfect, carbonation. Isn't it? Yeah. So for me, it avoids that bit where it's started to tip over into a bit, maybe a bit more juice, which always feels like then it goes a little bit flatter as well. Um, but that is tasting tip top, and it definitely doesn't drink that five point seven percent. Absolutely but not. Happy birthday to us. Indeed, happy <laughs> birthday to us. And two years, mate. I know. So, um, I mean, you, you, you wasn't, you're not prepared for what's coming now, but look back over the last two years, mate. Any, any particular highlights that, that, that really stand out for you in, in, in some of the shows we've done, some of the things that we've done? Well, one of them we're going to come to in a bit anyway. Um, but no, so I think one of the things is just um, the level of positive engagement we get on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Our, our listeners are, are, are brilliant. Yeah. They're the best listeners in the world. Definitely. I mean, the the engagement we get before and after shows is, is what definitely makes it worthwhile. Because once we've recorded the show, then yes, you obviously send it over to me. I've listened, download it, play them back. But I'm not, I don't need to listen to it again almost. I, I do it out of choice sometimes. But the listeners do. And we get all that interaction beforehand, all that feedback afterwards, and then we repeat it all again as well. Yeah. And, you know, it's rarely does it ever spill over into anything that I want to switch it all off and go, oh, sod that. So that's, for me, is one of the highlights, especially over the, I think over the last year or so as well. I think it's really got to, the, especially with some of the people who interact regularly with us, but equally, then suddenly you'll get this interaction with people that we haven't, heard from before yeah someone completely new yeah, yeah it's suddenly yeah. interacting with us and they've picked something out from what either we've said on Twitter or something we've said on the show it's like 
All right, okay, cool. There's other, you know, it's it's just a, it probably sort of affirms that while we're far from perfect in a lot of the things we do, um, it's, I feel like it's not just us two doing it. That's that's a great shout actually, yeah. It it, it does feel like, yeah, it, it, it's you and I sat here recording yeah. it and, and we're talking, but like you say, the level of engagement that we get actually feels like, it does actually feel like we're engaging with a live audience all of the time. Well, yeah, I mean, spoiler alert, we've got four questions later on. Yeah, in yeah. the Paul's question of the week section, it's just things like that which have just uh, and, and sort of just blossomed as well, and it's fun. It is, and but it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that because obviously I I looked back today at um, opinions episode one, which was almost two years ago to the day. I think we featured. Three beers. It's the Petrus, wasn't it? No, that was the pilot episode. Oh, okay. well, the, fir- the first episode proper was the beers that I brought back oh, from, from the Cigar, from Cigar City. Cigar City. So I think I think we featured uh, three beers, and it was about forty minutes long. Oh, those were the days. Yeah, those <laughs> those were the days. In in two years, we've grown to what generally seems to be around a two hour output <laughs> now, and double the amount of beers. Double the amount of beers, but also we've grown again because of the amount of listener interaction that we get and the, the, the fact that we want to feature all of that or as much of that as we can yeah. in, in the show. Yeah, because it'd be a shame not to. Because some of it... So a, the effort people have put in, you know, I value time as highly as a lot of other things going on. Uh, you know, I think you can put a value on time. Um, but also, some of it is gold. Some of it is genuinely golden content that you and I hadn't come up with and wouldn't come up with. Yeah. But can inspire us to then take St. Kells further, take a discussion further, or even sometimes just one question becomes a whole show. And which is what we're going to see <laughs> later on as, as well, is, is, is essentially what happened for, for tonight's yeah. main body of the show. But we will come on to that. Um, I, I mean, I could sit here to, all night talking about us. I, yeah. I, I'm great at, at, <laughs> at that. But we, we do need to... Um, to, to crack on and, and, and get through the show. But I, I do just want to say, mate, I've thoroughly enjoyed the last two years and, and I love how how we've developed and grown the show to what it is now. Um, and I do look forward to uh, to doing many more of these with you, mate. Oh, Sammy, I've got no, no intention of dropping this one. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a highlight of my Mondays. What are you doing tonight? I'm drinking seven or eight beers. <laughs> yeah, it's standard <laughs> Monday night. We've just been doing a Monday night. What do you mean you have a dry night on a Monday? <laughs> strange night but yeah no I, I do really enjoy and I, you know again it's flown by two years and you've got on the top of the show notes in front of us episode 70 yeah and that doesn't include uh, opinions on films no of, of which there's only been a few yeah but, you, you, you know, know it's, so they're, they're still there over yeah. 70 recordings yeah that's in pretty, two years, we've, yeah, done, we've, we've done well. Yeah, to, I'm to, pretty to pleased with that. that. I, I am too. Um, anyway, let's let's dig into what we've been up to while we've been off. And you, you did mention <sighs> that one of the the highlights for you. So I'm I'm going to let you go with this because I think for there was a moment where you stepped into your beer heaven for, <laughs> for a few hours. Um, yeah, peak end. I mean, that was a wonderful experience. Um, I mean, firstly, just the whole, um, just the Peak District. It's a, beautiful, it's a beautiful part of the country. Oh, it's stunning. It? Yeah. I mean, obviously, we see a lot of Simons. So Simon Walden, uh, COO, isn't it? COO, he is, yep. Also, yeah. yep. At Formbridge. Does a lot of the running. Um, a lot of running. <laughs> um, but takes some amazing pictures around the Peak District. And um, 
But it is one of those things, you don't really appreciate it. You start driving through there when you're about 20, 25 miles out from Bakewell. I'd say the landscape just changes. And all these hills are both in the foreground, in the, in the distance. It looks absolutely stunning. And um, that just made it as good as anything else. Me and Michelle went out for a walk on the Saturday morning, literally just to have a wander around. It was, it was our... Let's, let's burn off a few calories before the day. <laughs> not sure how many we burn off, but it was beautiful to walk around Bakewell. Bakewell's stunning little town. Um, and then, you know, walk down to the showground and suddenly there's this massive field set up with tents and hay bales and food stalls and um, signs saying Jaipur. <laughs> and, and so the day began. And so you. the day began, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, and, and going back to the, the earlier question, Steve, that was a massive highlight, actually doing a show, which wasn't our standard show, so we did it as a bit of a Q&A, so, you know, we were there to sort of showcase Formbridge and the guys at Formbridge who were brilliant guests, all three of them, so Simon Webster, Simon Walton uh, and Rob Lovett were brilliant guests for us, um, didn't shirk any questions. No, they, they answered and everything head-on. And get, yeah. get some really full and frank answers to the questions as well. Um, all three of them. So thank you very much for that. Um, and, and everyone who turned up to, to, to see us stand in front of them with a microphone, drinking Jaipur and occasionally saying something. It yeah. was, it, that was a, a, a really... That was a proper buzz, that was, I have to admit. Um the only thing, the only, the only thing was it was just that afternoon bit where it peaked out because the weather was so nice, and just got really busy at the bars, wasn't it? Yeah, the, the queues for the bars were a bit much, and I think I think they were trying to do their best in terms of putting more staff behind them. But I, I suppose at the end of the day, you can only have so many staff behind the bar, and there are only so many pumps. That There's only many pumps, so many tills. Yeah, um, I reckon next year now they're going to have by the time we come around to next year, it's going to have the small packages. They'll have the cans. I reckon you have a couple of separate can bars. Can bars, yeah. Or you almost have like the old-fashioned, like the someone coming around saying, instead of saying, do you want ice cream, do you want, do you want some cans? Yeah. Um, but that's the only thing. And I think, you know, effectively that was just them saying, this is how good it's got. Um, it was all still good nature, but I think for you and I, it meant we weren't spending that much. If it was just you and I there, we could have stood in the queue. Yeah. And we probably would have doubled up on the beers as well. You had your boys, I had Michael, Michelle and me. I was conscious of the fact that sometimes I was half an hour. I was like, I'm not really spending much time now with people. It was it was almost getting to that situation where when you got your beer, you was joining a queue again, yeah. and you were queuing while you drank your beer, which isn't a great situation. But just just bringing it back to, to to the positives, just to echo what you've said, I'm really grateful to everyone that that, that turned up to come and yep. to come and watch us. Immensely grateful to Thornbridge and and, and to Meg for actually inviting us to, to, to come do a, a, a live podcast. Yes. Um, because I, I think when we were first invited, nobody really knew how that was going to go. No, we had, we had no idea about planning it. We just said, they said, would you like to do one? We said yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but there wasn't even a second thought there, was no, it? No, we said so yes. I, yeah, would you like to come to people? Yes, we're there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and you know, Meg did a fantastic job. And ja- uh, James, at Fullbridge James, he, he looked after us on the day as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, you know, that it was a buzz, especially some of the people who regularly interact with us and who we've met. Thank you very much for coming along. Really, really mean that. Um, and it was a buzz and I hope everyone enjoyed it 
even if you only enjoyed it half as much as we did it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, it was great for us to, like you say, to kind of do a different sort of show. Um, and, and yes, again, you know, the, the Thornbridge guys were brilliant. The crowd were brilliant. I, I do also just want to give a shout out to Chris, the sound guy, who, oh, yeah. if, if it wasn't for him sorting out the microphones and putting everything onto the USB drive for us, we, we would never have actually had a live recording to put out for our listeners yep. either. Yep, yep. So, no, that was... Uh, not only a highlight of the last month or so, but definitely of the two years we've been doing oh, this. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And uh, yeah, I look forward to doing more of those if, if we can if we can make it happen. If we can make it happen. And I also think the um, the format was a good format for it as well. Yeah. Um, it was en- enough interaction with the audience. Like I said, getting some quality stuff out of the Formbridge guys and just a few bits from us. If it's, we were there to sort of help everyone else go from one stage to the next. Really enjoyed yeah, it. Just move it along. One, one final um, thing that I want to say on it as well is, is just to wish um, Meg's good luck as well because yep. she's moved on from Formbridge now uh, and she's now with Beavertown. So um, she's now down in the smoke. Um, Actually, and, and she recently found out an Uber costs more. Yes, <laughs> an Uber costs more to go about two miles. Yes, in, in, in London. But um, again, thanks to Megs for inviting us to Peak Ender and, and, and good luck uh, on your new endeavour. Yeah. Um, so before we actually got to Peak Ender, um, we had a few beers the night before, didn't we? Yeah, we went over. So um, Michelle, Michael, and myself were staying at an Airbnb cottage in um, Bakewell. So we're in about ten minutes walk away. Lovely little place. Um, our host couldn't have done more for us. She was lovely. Um, but you were staying at a pub, um, effectively in the next town along. You'll grieve. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we said we'll come over to see you. Food menu looked all right. In fact, the food menu, the food was fantastic. Food actually. was re- really nice portion sizes and, as well. Um, what did, what did we, remind me, what did we actually start on? What was the beer we had at first? We had uh, Theakston's Black Ball. Which I'd never had before. Neither had I. generally... So, we think, we, yeah, we Yeah, but we see Theakston's, it's generally going to be old peculiar. Yeah, down south, yeah. Isn't it? So we saw that, and I think they had London Pride on, didn't they? They did. And we thought... Oh. London Pride. Not, not this way to drink London Pride. I can Pride. get London yeah. Pride. Yeah. Um, and we're sitting there having our food and stuff, and then um, <laughs> my ears pricked up because I heard someone say, "I'll have a pint of Landlord, please." And I went, "What? That wasn't on." And I could I, at that point, I still couldn't see it. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't see it, and then yeah, it had replaced it had replaced the London Pride. Uh, but uh, at that point, you'd had about two sips of your Black Ball. Yeah. I have never seen anyone finish their pint quicker to try and get back to the bar to, to get to get a bit. Um, but we did, I, we did get a pint of landlord, didn't uh, we? Yeah, and then I also and then I said to Michelle, oh, "Are you okay driving back?" <laughs> so I think did we have two pints? Yeah? I think we had a couple. Yeah, yeah, we couldn't we couldn't let it go just on, the one. On just the one. No, but um, it was a lot. That was I mean, it was a lovely little place, and again, family run um, hotel bar. Um, and the food was lovely. They did like a takeaway fish and chip and pizza pot thing yeah, as well. Yeah, didn't they, they? They, they were basically the um, the village's takeaway as well. Yeah. So you could you could come into the to the pub. You could order a takeaway meal. You could sit there and have a pint while your meal was being cooked, and then you could walk home with your takeaway. Very dangerous. Very <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean, I've got the benefit obviously of, of having stayed there as well. Uh, and yeah, it was a fantastic welcome that we got from the owners. Breakfast was incredible as well, and I actually chatted to them a little bit about the bar as well and the pub. And it, it dates back to it, it was a 17th century coaching inn uh, originally, which it had, that, of, it had that feel to it. Yeah, 
especially where it's situated effectively and on the, the only crossroads out the back very much had that there were stables here yeah, once definitely kind of written all over yeah no that was i mean that was um, a nice way to start and then i went back to bakewell that evening um and because you know i cajoled michelle into doing the driving back so we went to we parked up the car and went down to the hotel at the bottom of the hill which i think you had stayed in a couple of years back when you actually were on a work thing yeah um it's called the rutland Something like that. Like so it's a Rutland. It's a Rutland that you remember going in. I remember. In. <laughs> I remember going in, being in there and leaving. Um, and they had uh, they had Jaipurn. <laughs> because you weren't going to get enough of that <laughs> I know, that weekend. It was on cast. It was sitting there. So I had some of that as well. But um, yeah, the whole, the whole experience before, during and after was lovely. And like I said, even just drive on the way out was nice. Yeah. We did have, um, we had a couple of pints in town after Peak End as yeah. well, didn't we? I think, didn't we have... Um, Marsden's Old Empire. We did. That was the uh, that was the first pub we we went into. Yeah. And it's ages since I've had that. In fact, probably the last time I had it might have been on from the bottle. But I think we both enjoyed it. Yeah, I we? loved it. Yeah, yeah. It was a what I would class as a an English style IPA. But yeah, we the fact is that we bought Old Empire about six six and a half. Yeah. And we knew that everyone had to be fed. So I think we left that place because they yes. didn't do food. No, we had, to, we had to find somewhere that did food. Yeah. yeah. So, but we did, we did. So yeah, that was peak ender. That was excellent. I mean, um, I also ended up doing a couple of other things in the in the break. Um, I went to the Sam Brooks Brewery 10th birthday bash. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw a few check-ins from there. Um, I've always been a big, big fan of the Sam Brooks beers. I mean, they're based in South London, so I don't know how far out of the locale they get. But I've always been a big fan of um, a couple of their car beers like Junction and stuff. And um, I saw these tickets advertised a little while ago. I knew it was a Friday during the school holidays, so Michelle beer to join me. And it was £25 for the ticket, and the beers were whatever you had on the evening. So there weren't any sort of particular measures. So whatever you ordered, you could have. Oh, okay. So I had pints. <laughs> you, you, you were getting your 25 quid worth, oh, weren't right, you? Oh, £25 pa- t- <laughs> worth before I stopped telling the cask. <laughs> on the way in, they had a barrel with their Russian Imperial style. And they said, well, here's your glass for the Russian Imperial Stout, let us know when you want it. And I went, oh, we'll have it now. <laughs> so, so you started? Yeah. It, as you meant to carry it on? It lasted for a little while. But oh, okay. yeah, we had it. And they give you, and they gave us a, uh, one of the, you know, the remaining stock they were giving out, their barley number five, which is about six, six years old now. Oh, okay. So the barley wine number five, yeah. we got a bottle each of that. And then, it, yeah, it was the four, all four of their core cask range was on. Um, and then some of their keg offerings, which I hadn't had before. But, not just that. We had these two old guys join us. Um, older than you and I, Steve. And um, a guy called David Welsh, who's the retired former owner of Hampshire's Ringwood Brewery, presumably before they got bought out by Marston's, mm. became part of the Marston's group. He helped set up Sam Brook. And he was there as part of it because he's still a shareholder. And he joined us. Had some wonderful stories and stuff. And it was a really entertaining evening. And then a friend of his, an old mucker of his from years ago, who he hadn't seen for a while, also appeared. And this guy just had lots of non-beer-related tales about, I think, what was he? He was in the services somewhere and a, and a, and a pilot and stuff. And uh, so me and Michelle didn't really have to say much for about two hours. These two old boys. Just got told stories. Got to, we literally got told stories. Yeah. It was absolutely fantastic. It was just one of those evenings which had just went. And, um, you know, when they were getting ready to go, we thought, well, we've been here about four hours anyway. So... Um, I took Michelle down to the Mother Kelly's at Vauxhall, um, which she hadn't been to before. Because you needed more beer. Oh, yeah, you needed more point. beer at that yeah, point. Yeah. But they did have tracks and home on. Ah. So, good reason. Cask? Uh, no. Ah. Um, and then um, this bloke came up to say, Are you Martin? 
Yeah. Um, it turned out that one of our friends, Tom, had spotted that me and Michelle were in Mother Kelly's, knew that one of his friends were in there and told him to go and speak to us. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> so we're getting people directed to come and speak to us. But it was a, it was a lovely night out and um, Sandbrook's 10th birthday bash was really nice. Um, again, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, the, the tap room is just all put together with old stuff. But... Um, I do think Sandbrook's cast beers are really good, and I'm really it's, pleased they carry on doing them. The Sandbrook's tap room is it? Is it on the site? It's on the site of the it's brewery. It's on the site upstairs. upstairs yeah, so you can yeah. overlook the brewery. I've, I've been, I've been there. Yeah, so that's where I did my obviously my first interview yeah. for the show was with Duncan Sandbrook a couple of years ago, and that was only a few months after we'd started doing it. I went over there with half pint gent. So yeah, no, that was a. Uh, that was really good. I've got a couple more things, but I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna let you know what I just opened. Well, yeah, because you did open that one. And yeah, I've been sat you're looking here at it, staring at it while you've been um, telling me the story of Sandbrook. Yeah, so this is the Six Point Brewery Alpenflow, um, which we've we've been sent through. Now, people may or may not be aware, but Six Point are the beer are some of the beers, American craft beers that have been in spoons for quite a while, and practically the only place you see them over here. Yeah, um, who also make and you may have heard us mention this resin. The, the classic end of evening beer. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it's been before the end of evening. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. So this is a, uh, a Hell's. Oh, so it's one really of their new soft. range. So it's soft, quite sweet actually. It's really, really soft. Four point nine percent. Comes in their traditional, almost Red Bull like can, which I quite like actually, just because that's something a little bit different, isn't well, it? Well, we were debating before the show as well. I, I think that's bigger than a resin can well there's only one option Steve there's only one way we can test it at some point between now and the next show you need to have some resin I'll take one for the team I reckon oh well done <laughs> just the one just, just, just well I might, I might take a session for the team <laughs> not the night before we're in no, recording no. but that's that's alright actually it's, yeah um, no, it's I think it's on point for kind Hells. of does what it says on, on the tin yeah. it's, it's, it's a really decent Hells you know and what I had not, if I don't know whether the rest of the six point range will end up in the spoons but I know that the Bengali and the Crisp have been part of their meal deals offering sometimes oh really so if you look at the small print on the back of the menu yeah. um, so I go there with mum and dad and Michael sometimes you can sometimes get the Bengali the Crisp as your additional beer not raisin raisin they don't offer oh that's a shame but you wouldn't you'd, you wouldn't want it with the food anyway would you to be no, honest, to spoil the food. Exactly. It? Let's be honest. So, what have you been up to during the summer um, break? Well, I'd, after after peak ender, I, I was kind of into my summer holes with, with with my boys. So, I only really got kind of a, a one night out really during the summer, and that was to meet up with um, Gareth and Becky, who came down from who were down from Leeds for for the weekend. Yeah, I'd got to come later. So, so this is. Um, Gareth at Barrel Age Leeds and Becky at Becky Boogaloo uh, on Twitter if you follow them. Um, and there was just a few of us that just got together and, and just had a few beers. So we, we met up at Beer Merchants, um, had a few there. Uh, I, I particularly enjoyed, um, they had one of the Tiny Rebel Milkshake IPAs on. I think it was the strawberry one, but they had it on cask. Oh. And in that offering... That beer works perfectly, so I think I had a couple of pints to that uh, of that to start, and and then I hit the um, hit the beer merchants taps that they had there. They had some some of the half acre daisy cutter on. So on I, tap, I've oh. never had it on tap. No. So I would have loved I, that. I, I would have it it, 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 it it was tasting pretty special. I must admit. Um, we had a few in there, and then we we, we literally walked over the canal uh, and went for a few more at Mason and Co. Oh, cool. uh, as well, uh, where I pretty much ended up. 
exclusively drinking railway porter, as as, as you do sometimes. Well, the last time the last time I was there was during the summer, really hot day, and I still had railway porter. Yeah, because I, I think they, they serve it on keg there, and it's, it's nice and cold. So it comes out cold, and it is is just absolutely perfect. It works. And then I didn't know this thing existed, but there's there's now a free bus that goes um, from that end of the Olympic Park and takes you back to Stratford. And it drops you right outside Tap East. So we ended up in Tap East for one as oh, well. Oh, never mind. <laughs> so so that, that's that's literally all I've done. And, and then I've drunk a load of beer at home. So um, I know you've got some more uh, actual beery adventures before I go through what I've been drinking at home. Yep. Um, well, Chapel Beer Festival this weekend, the traditional... Um, visit with my soon-to-be 18-year-old son, who's been going since he was five. Um, that's the one at the East Anglia Railway Museum. Mm. So it's always just a lovely setting on the Saturday. Lots of families, etc. Um, yeah, I mean, I fairly much apart from a couple of keg offerings on the evil, filthy keg bar, as it was being termed on the day. Which, weirdly enough, the guy who runs it used to uh, ha- had the Harwich Brewery at Harwich and does the Readout Fort Festival as well. Um, so he was allowed to have the keg bar, but he couldn't have English keg beers. Really? Yeah, I was talking to him and he said, yeah, we weren't allowed to have English keg beers. So he had some Belgium keg and he had some Irish keg because he had the white, one of the white hag stouts. Um, and he had, yeah, so it was, I just found it really odd that the English keg weren't allowed. I just thought that was strange. Very strange. It's probably yes or no yeah. sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but again, he did have the, um, he, had a half, he had some half acre in the fridge which I had on the way home as a rail replacement bus beer, um, the Vallejo. So oh, yeah, just, yeah. I think the IPA. Um, yeah, really enjoyed it. Told Carl to buy one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, on the cask offerings, obviously we have spoken in the past about the quality of the dispense from Gravity. I had two beers from Crouch Vale, who are very local to where I am in South Essex these days. Um and they had the single hot mosaic, which I missed out on last year, and their very traditional Essex Boys Bitter. Both of them were outstanding condition-wise. Really? Both of them, I mean, fantastic flavour profile yeah. anyway for both of them. Um, but the condition was fantastic. Now, that has to be part of Crouch Vale's skill, but also maybe that section of the bar or whoever was in charge of doing the tapping and the venting had done a good job. But it had a nice light carbonation all the way through. Um, it still had a bit of head retention as well all the way through. And just had that, it just had a really nice feel to it. It didn't feel, well, dead, yeah. for want of a better phrase. So, yeah, those two were definitely the standout beers I had on the day. Really, really good beers. Mm. Um, the only other thing I've been up to is um, I, I find myself going to, I go to the Netherlands a bit more with work. And I try to go for a bit of a wander every now and again. And um, ended up just getting a train one stop down. And um, ended up having a beer from Moore <laughs> in one place. <laughs> okay, brilliant. Because of a, I hadn't seen it before. It was a bit more and more, which was a, a, a dark a dark offering, 4.5%. And if you see a dark beer from Moore, it's worth going for, in my experience. And then had a beer called The God Particle from Olinault, a Russian Imperial style at 9.8%. And, and that was everything you'd expect it to look like. It was thick, it was viscous, it was a bit oily. Yeah. Lovely flavour profile, lovely aroma. And that, that was really nice. And apart from that, I've revisited um, the Half Acre beers in general recently. Yeah. We picked up a batch. And again, at the moment, putting it out there, they, they, Half Acre could definitely be 
my beers and brewery of the year at the moment. I, I absolutely loved the um, the Deep Space Nine, the, the, the double yeah. IPA, which, which was absolutely stunning. But going back to what you were saying about the Vallejo, um, I actually remembered, I, I, I did have another night out in the summer. Uh, a few of us went down to Molsham Tap in, in Chelmsford, oh, Chelmsford. Yeah. Who, who seemed to exclusively sell beers at five quid a pint and <laughs> nothing more, nothing less. And, and they, had the, um, they had the Vallejo on there, on, on keg. And it was incredible on, on, on keg as well. I, I smashed my way through a pint of that. Like, again, it was water. Like I said, I'm, I'm really, really, drinkable. really impressed with their beers yeah. that I've had this year. And I've, I've revisited most of them twice now, the ones that come over here. Yeah. Massively impressed. I, do, I, do, I will give a shout out now because obviously we, we picked up quite a few cans of them. Um, we managed to pick those up from Licorice where we used to recall. Yes, yeah, so thanks very much, Dan. And, and Dan was brilliant in saying, yeah, I'll happily put aside that incredibly large order of beers that you want me you and Clayton wasn't it yeah it it was but yeah they were tasting bang on Um, but just in terms of some of the other beers I've been enjoying over the summer I actually um, I smashed out two five stars as as well uh, over the summer on on Untapped so first one was from Castles and Son from Sons from New Zealand the double cream milk stout which was absolutely incredible um, it was soft, it was silky, it was sweet, it was roasted, but it was milk chocolate at the same time. And I was every sip I was taking of it, I was just thinking how amazing this beer would be if they did a bourbon barrel aged version of it as well, because it just really lent itself to taking on some of those flavours that you would have got from the bourbon as well. Well, I've got one in the cupboard on your recommendation. Yeah, but really enjoyed that one. And and then the other one was um, from a brewery who I am really finding a lot of love for at the moment, which is Marble. Um, I've always been a fan of their beers, but at the moment they just seem to be cranking out some incredible beers. And I had a beer called Side Control, which was an IPL. Um, and I checked it in, gave it five stars, and what I said about it was, it's close to being the perfect beer. It's got the perfect balance of a crisp bite and the piney bitterness of an IPA. Well, five stars and very, very positive comments. Yeah, I was, I was so, so impressed with that. And, and then just the other one, and it shows how far back I had to go <laughs> to, uh, over the last time I went out during the summer. I went all the way back to uh, Bottle Share in July. Um... To, to find that we were enjoying... No, it's... No, it's August. It's beginning of August, yeah. The, yeah. Right at the start of August. Yeah. Um, we all very much enjoyed uh, their new house beer, which is um, the house party from Lervig. Fantastic. I certainly remember having four pints of. I think most of us had that many pints of it because there weren't many, very many of us that No, night. we finished the bottle share in record time, so I think it was only five or six of us. Yeah. Um, and it was, again, it was part of that... Still that part of the heat wave almost, and it was tasting fantastic. What was it about four seven or something? Less than that, I think. I think it's about. I think it's closer to four. Oh, it's even better then. Is that as yeah. a house beer? But yeah, it was. That was tasting properly nice. Yeah, really enjoyed those. So, so what have we got now, mate? So we have uh, the Boudoir Dark. So it's their dark, effectively their dark lager, isn't okay. it? Okay. So. Pours fairly dark. Cheers. Nice Coming white in. head. It looks dark. It doesn't look like a lager in the glass, does it? No. Nothing it, really to give it away. But it's a nice roasted malt, malt on the nose. 
slightly roasty. Yeah. Light. It's it's very light. It's um, uh, I mean, between us, we've had a few of these now because they very kindly sent us enough for the show and <laughs> a lot warm, of beer. A, a lot of yeah, beer. Yeah, yeah. So thank you very much, Budvar, for doing that. Um, I prefer this to the Budvar, the standard golden beer. I um, I, I struggle with black lager as a style or, or dark lager as a style because for me. If I was tasting that blind, I'd probably call that as a porter. Wouldn't you think it was too light and a bit too carbonated to be a porter? Mm. Maybe, maybe a little bit. But no, it's, it's, I mean, I, I took a few of these away with me camping over the summer. And that, they were kind of the, 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 perfect, the perfect evening beer, almost. Well, because this is still um, a sensible sensible number on the AB another 4.7 beer yeah so what's the Budweiser I think the Budweiser around about the 5 this drops down a little bit I think yeah. so I think that works out it does work out quite nice and it's in a, a 500 bottle as well yeah bit strange this one's in the 500 the normal's in the 330 isn't it yeah maybe it's because the, the dark doesn't get into pubs very often maybe maybe it's a nice nice big bottle though isn't it oh yeah it's, well, it's quite a bit taller than the, yeah. than the average one but yeah I think um, I think that's our beery adventures it is. I mean, it sounded a lot, but it was six weeks worth. It, it was, and, and, and when you think that it's the summer and it's holiday period and you're generally doing stuff with the family yeah. during that time anyway, it, it's quite difficult to, to keep up with things. I mean, I've certainly been taking down the, um, the, the, the stock of uh, Rhinebacker when it reappeared in Aldi. Uh, that, that started filling well, up my fridge. You mean after, after you had your panic? I had my panic, and then suddenly it was back in cans, and everything was all right again. Everything was with, all right in the world. With the world, <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's crack through um, six weeks' worth of news as well, shall we? Are you ready, guys? It's, I mean, there's been a lot of news, so yes. I, I think what it's fair to say what we've probably tried to do is to crack to, through to, it. to pick up on a, on, on a few of the bigger stories, uh, and maybe also some of the smaller stuff that people might have missed yep. as, as well over that time. So... First up, we've got um, Harvey's were named as UK Brewery of the Year at the International Beer Challenge. Um, so this is as a result of them having secured the most points of any UK brewery in the medals table. It makes it sound like the Olympics, yeah, doesn't it? I didn't it? know you could have a winner from the medals table in beer. No, this is, this is brilliant. So um, their tally of medals included three golds, three silvers, uh, and it was a second year in succession that the brewery had received the accolade. Uh, the brewery was also named Joint Supreme Champions in the design and packaging section of the competition for its craft can range, which features designs from local artist Susan Lynch. The craft can, the, I'll get that, it's just the cans. Um, yeah. I think they look beautiful because they had them on the on this cruise. Oh, did they? Did, they didn't yeah. have the stout, which I know is advertised on the, the morning advertiser where we got the story from. Um, but yeah, the... Um, the other beers, the, the, the drawings look, are really quite stunning and because it's got that whole wrap round yeah. feel on the can as well. And they've got, um, it's not that shiny. It's almost it's like a matte, matte it's a bit finish, more of a yeah. matte finish to it. Um, I wonder if those beers, which have now been out for a year or so, have really helped them get these extra cut, pushed them to, to, to be leader of the medal table as well. Maybe. I've, I've got to say, I'm not a fan of the designs. That's personal opinion. Okay. I, 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 I don't. They're nice, but I think there are better can designs out there. Um, but I can see where you're coming from in terms of what they look like, what they feel yeah. like, and, and, and that sort of thing. No, well done, Harvey's. I mean, there's a lot of love for Harvey's, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. And we know that, especially from people from outside the UK, there's a hell of a lot of love yeah. for Harvey's at times. Yeah. Well, they're a bit like, they've got that kind of Fuller's 
mysticism around uh, around them, haven't they? In sort of like places like America and yeah. that, in, in terms of what they do. Um, so also at the International Beer Challenge, um, a beer called ABK Hell Das Blau, uh, which is a five percent Bavarian Hell's Lager, was named the world's best beer after facing off against gold medal winning beers in each of the style categories. While London's four peers took home the Glen Payne Rising Star Trophy as the best up and coming brewery in the world. Some quite big titles there, aren't there? There are some big titles in there. When, 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 you, when you add the world on, onto anything, <laughs> it, it starts making it feel a little bit like it's inflating. I think so. because there's so many different type of uh, international beer competitions, maybe you just have to up the ante. I, I, I think so. I think so. Yeah, but as you say, congratulations to Harvey for that. Harv- not Harvey. Harvey's. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sure Harvey might have worked there at some point in, in, in the past. Um, so next up we've got uh, some new brewery news so Salt Brewing uh, are a, a new brewery from up in the Saltaire area in Shipley up north um, who are have shared ownership with Osset Brewery um, but the Salt Brewery is the new craft beer project that they're putting out so three years in the planning uh, work has commenced on a new brew house and brewery tap within their existing venue in Shipley. Uh, they're going to be creating a new beer brand called Salt Brewing, which will provide a wide range of exciting, hot-forward modern be- modern beers. Uh, plan to produce great beer in cask, keg and canned formats. First beers will be available in October this year. So um, that's um, something to look forward to. Some, some well, hopefully new, um, new beers any, anyone who's up that neck of the woods who gets a try will let us know what it's like. Yes. Yeah. I reckon it'll take a little while to get down to us maybe. but I, I think it will, yeah. But yeah. Anyone, anyone, any of our listeners who uh, want to let us know what it's like, yeah. please do. In, interesting, they've got um, Anthony Barrett, who was previously the head brewer at Vocation, is joining Salt as, as their head brewer. It's the same neck of the woods, isn't it? Yes, it's, it's, it's up. Kind it's of. A, yeah. Um, so, going even further north, so they're going up to Glasgow now. Um, I haven't heard of this. Have you not? No, this one's bypassed me. This, this one came through uh, via email, so this wasn't even on, on, on social media. So, this is um, a Scottish brewery has announced plans to start a new social enterprise dedicated to creating a Scottish first, a tap room and event space that is 100% accessible for people with disabilities. To do this, the brewery moved to a new bigger site in the south side of Glasgow, which will allow it to use a bigger kit and on-site tap room. So the project, dubbed the Glasgow Brewery Collective, aims to create a number of jobs that employed in, provide employment for people with disabilities struggling to get into work. It was conceived by Dave Lanigan, head brewer and founder of Ride Bruco. Um, and it seems as though Ride are leading this um, with the help of other breweries in the area. It's brilliant. Yeah, I mean it's brilliant. It's, like you say, it's one that probably a lot of people haven't even realised. No, and, completely and, uh, bypassed. So again, I'd love to hear a bit more about that and start to see how it's all faring as yeah. well. Yeah, sounds excellent. When people are prepared to not just talk about doing stuff, but to actually go but and to, do it, to go that extra mile, and it's great to see collaboration as well from yeah a number of breweries taking part in that. So from something quite small to something massive. Um, I'm not sure if you saw this one over the summer, but. Heineken has launched a non-alcoholic Lagunitas flavoured sparkling water. I did see this one. <laughs> what do you think of this? <laughs> oh, um, I don't want my water to taste like Lagunitas. Yeah, I don't want water to taste like water. And if I do fancy a soft drink, I probably just want a soft drink. But um, I ha- what I will have to say is I haven't tried a hop flavoured water, which is effectively what we're talking about here, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's... A- uh, attractively named hop water, hop water, 
The new beverage contains no alcohol, no calories, and zero carbohydrates, but it may, is made using everything we know about hops, according to the Heineken-owned beer brand's website. It's made with Citra, Equinox, and Centennial hops, as well as Brewer's Yeast, which the company says will biotransformate the hops to just the right flavour. I would be curious, but it's not going to be on sale in the UK, is it? No, it's, it's, it's only available in America. And I think it becomes part of the, as they class it, the growing seltzer market, don't they? They don't yeah. call it pop, they call it seltzer, don't they? I'm sure we'll see it over here eventually. Yeah, maybe. I'll, as, as it will, I'm, I'd be surprised if it doesn't make its way over at some point, or if it does well, someone tries to do something similar. Yeah, or with the current trend towards low ABV beers, like low or not non-alcoholic beers, you could see it being launched that's almost into like, that market. That's almost like the you? ultimate. Because Heineken aren't ones to miss a trick, are they? No, but I mean, they've already got their, although they have got their, they've been marketing their Heineken Zero quite heavily oh, recently, yeah, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. With your TV campaign as well. Yeah. So staying with Heineken news, um, so this one was picked up over the summer. So uh, former guest of the show, John West at J West Journal, um, tweeted this out and it was confirmation that Heineken owns 49.1% of Beavertown uh, was published today. Uh, had been an undisclosed minority stake means um, plants sold shares, not just investment in the brewery, massive payday for them. And then there's an image that goes on to break down who actually owns um, Oh yeah, so I, I, did see, I did see the full of, details of the, uh, yeah. of the stuff. But without knowing what each share is worth, it's hard to put a, a proper value on that. But yeah, it was, I always thought it was always a share in the company. It wasn't just an investment because they, already, they always said it was minority yeah. stake. So for me, it wasn't like they just invested to get a big return. They had bought up some of the company. And yeah, I think, didn't most people, cynical or otherwise, say it's probably going to be close to that? I think, I think 49, it's 49.9%. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, not, it's not massive news, but it's, it's confirmation yeah. of what everybody, everybody was thinking anyway. Exactly. And presumably, there's, there must have been still a good reason why it wasn't said at the time. Yeah. Um, next up, we've got Thornbridge announcing that they've got an, an actual opening date for the um, Birmingham Tap. Is that their collaboration bar or just their Birmingham? Which is the one they're doing with? This Pip- is the one with Pivot Bar. Pivot Bar. Yeah. So, uh, Birmingham Tap will take on um, Modern Craft Beer Pub, incorporating Thornbridge brand values and making the most of the history of the building, um, due to be open um, late autumn this year. Um, Thornbridge are also looking at sites in London, Manchester, Brighton and Leeds. I'll be happy with a London one. I'm sure you will. I'll be happy with a London one. If it was just next to your office, you'd be even happier. Even happier, but Fuller's have got the office. Jaipur on tap for Martin all the time. That would be dangerous. Wouldn't it, Just? Yeah. Um, then we've got um, the sad news uh, a bar that I mentioned earlier that I visited over the summer, Mason and Company. Um, out of nowhere, ceased trading last they just, week. They just stopped. Yeah, just as of today, we're closing our doors. Yeah, and and went on to say that um, they're in a difficult location, and I, I can't I can't disagree with that. Um, during the summer, there's nothing nicer than going and sitting on that canal and having a few beers and watching the day go by. Yeah, it was exactly what I did in August. During the winter, it's a bit of a different matter. Yeah. Um, so um, it's, yeah, both it's times sad I, to see them close two or three times I've been there have been summer 
visits mm. because then you also don't mind that walk to other places. I know you said about the bus. Yeah. But if it's a nice day, you want to have a bit of a stroll because you know you can stroll to the other place and stuff. It is a bit of a shame. Um, but it was it was just a very sudden announcement, wasn't it? It was out of nowhere. You really. know, you know, there's a lot of there seems to be a lot of activity going on in around the five points world at the moment. Yeah, and it's it's hard not to draw parallels to what we've seen happen with Beavertown. I was going to say the aforementioned Beavertown. Yeah, with the the sudden closure of Dukes, and then you know everything else going on. I know a lot of people have kind of suggested the same thing but it kind of it's got that feel about it yeah it's got that feel to it what I would say is that I can understand they they're, they're, feel like they're giving more of a rationale for the closure of Mason and Co than Beavertown ever did for Dukes yeah and also the timing of Dukes closure was always very odd when it was like on the run up to Christmas when you've got going to have people coming in for Christmas whereas Mason and Co have waited for the summer to get out of the way they do seem as though they got to the last Friday in the summer and it's like, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> we, we know we're going to be losing custom from this point on. Yeah. Um, it is a shame because it was, it was definitely a place that, again, during the summer, I, was, I, I did like visiting. But if you need to take a business decision, you need to. I just hope, you know, for everyone who works there, they can, they can find something. Yeah, but, and, and for all intents and purposes, it, it was occasionally heralded as being essentially the Five Points Tap Room. They've now got the Pembury Tavern, which, which they've is, invested a lot of money in. And it's a lot closer to the brewery as well. And, and I'm just wondering if, again, you, you talk about it being a business decision. Is it literally, they've said, you know what, actually, I'd rather just invest, let, let's just invest our time and our money in the Pembury, which is our tap room now, rather than putting money into this place that's away from the brewery and, and isn't really that busy anyway. Yeah, um, like I said, I, I, it was, it was, I think it was just the southernness of it. Just bang, there you go. Here, here it is where we're closed. Um, you know, to be fair to them, they did put the announcement out. It was on Twitter. They even updated their Twitter profile. Did they? Yeah, I so it's closed that. in September. Oh, okay. So, you know, not ambiguous at all. Yeah. Job done. Yeah. So at least everyone knows. But like I said, you know, everyone, everyone felt very friendly when I was out the few times I was over there. So I hope people have found something or are find in the process of finding something either still with five points or somewhere else yeah without a doubt um, so moving on um, Lost and Grounded Keller Pills is now going to be available in over 100 Mitchell and Butler pubs from October Mitchell and Butler pubs are they part of, Nicholson's part of them I'm not I'm not I'm not sure I was kind of hoping you'd know that one uh. I know the Mitchell and Butler pubs, the plough in Chelmsford near the station, obviously the Allen House, is a Mitchell and Butler pub thing. Oh, really? I think so. So, um, I've been in there before and they've had the likes of Punk IPA on and that, that sort of thing. Yeah, and this, we've heard their selection ain't too bad. Um, so yeah, I mean, if it turns up in a few more places, they must be churning out a lot of it. They are. I, there I, wasn't the same else I read about them, they've really been about how much how much they've, they've been putting out of it yeah um it definitely seems to be the lager pills choice uh, definitely this year yes without doubt but i mean every time i've had it i've really enjoyed it same here and i've, I've really enjoyed it a number of times at, at beer merchants so if it so ends I'm... up in a pub that i prob- or chain that i go to occasionally um and it's there as an option happy with that yeah i i would be i'd be more than happy with yeah. that yeah no, well done. If, 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 and, if, and if that place opposite 
the, the train station at Chelmsford does end up selling it, I might be popping in there for a sneaky one after bottle share as well. Sneaky one after, after you've had all the Lurvy. Yeah, yeah. Then go and get all the uh, all the Keller Peels in me. As, as right, well, well I'm, I'm interrupting your news just briefly so you can finish your, your last beer. Any final thoughts on the um, the Budvar Dark? It's it's really easy to drink. Yeah. It's, it's got that light roastedness to it. Um, it's like you say it's still got the carbonation of a lager it doesn't get in the way of the, being a lager though does it no it, what, it's got the roastedness but what it doesn't what it doesn't bring is the, that, that bitterness that often comes yeah. with roasted flavours as well that's not there is it it's just it's, you know you're drinking a dark beer but you know it's still a little bit lighter than, than, than anything yeah else. I think that's a nice yeah. it's a nice alternative to have if you want to stay in the lager style so there's some more for you to rinse out because we next have it's um well it's a new beer from the wild beer isn't it from it the is, wild beer yes, co yeah In, into cans as well um, so sleeping limes limes and sea salt and lager um, and again they, they've sent this through to us 4.6% so we're very sensible at the moment this is good stuff so. this <laughs> well, is good stuff it's for now for, yeah right. <laughs> caveat <laughs> yeah for now um, so yeah let's uh, see what this is like I'm actually looking forward to this because I mean, the side of a can, the can doesn't really tell you very much either because no. on the on the front it does actually it's got question marks next to the lager, which is really strange. Oh. I, I can I didn't understand that. And it's it's only when you read the notes on the side that says, um, "What is it? A lager, a goes, a sour, all or none of the above?" Put simply, it's the most refreshing beer we've ever brewed. I mean, that's a statement and a half, isn't it? I can understand where they might be coming with the goes based on the aroma. You're getting that Ooh, lime, yeah. but it's that salty lime. Cheers. Cheers. Let's get into this one. Tick. Tick, yeah. tick. Yeah. That is incredibly refreshing. The lime's there. Yeah. I think you could almost have this colder than we've, that's, we've had. That's it. overpoweringly lime. Not, not yeah. overpowering lime. There's a think, lot of lime in there. I think because we're also having it after the dark bit, there's yeah. probably a period of adjustment for us on the palate but there's there's only the slightest hint of salt yeah but just it's enough it's there it's there you know when you've been yeah. down at the beach and you haven't been near the water and it's just there on your on your lips and your tongue that's what they've got on this oh that's oh, a really tasty lovely aroma yeah. isn't it yeah can you imagine if this had come through during the heat wave oh it would have been smashing this that would have been so easy wouldn't yeah. it yeah like you say again at the ABV this it is, is one that you could drink this all day long. It is smashable. That I think that would actually work really well with barbecue as well, because mm. that would cut through some of that, some of that the the really meaty flavours you're having as well. That's fantastic. It's really nice, isn't it? That's is really mean, that's good. Really good. Oh, well done. Thank you very much, Wild Beer. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're still trudging through the news, mate. Just trudging. Just, this is exciting stuff. We're not just, trudging. Just just a couple more. Um, that win the home straight. So the the original story around this was that the Manchester Beer and Cider Festival which we visited a couple of years ago yep. had announced that they were releasing an all-in ticket uh, alongside their yeah, we, standard tickets yeah we spoke about it didn't as, we? as well yeah um, they've since had to uh, rescind that um, because they've actually had advice from trading standards that what they're offering is actually a contravention of licensing law and the weights and measures regulations um, despite it being very similar to, to obviously what other events are offering. Is this because they're trying to do both? I think it might be because they're trying to do both. Who was it? Who t- was it Matt Curtis? So came back and said, because when you buy an all-in ticket, you're buying a ticket for the event, effectively you're getting then 
free samples, yeah. which avoids the weights and measures act per se. There might be an oversimplification, overgeneralization of the, of the thing, but I'm sure that's what it is. But obviously, at the beer festival, there are going to be off. There are proper measures being offered. And if I remember at the Manchester one, they did do thirds, halves, and pints, didn't they? They did. And I think we spoke before about how do you actually police that? So yeah. how do you police somebody that's got the all-in ticket? Yes, you could give them a different glass. You could give them a different wristband. But there's there's nothing to stop them giving that glass to someone else. Yeah, I think. Or, me. or getting a measure in the glass and then giving it to their mates. Yeah, and going back for more sort of thing. It'd be incredibly hard to to police. Um, but presumably, if they're taking the advice, you can't. They don't want to put the whole thing at jeopardy, do they? No. Well, that's that's one of the reasons. And the other one is actually they've said that um, it was commercially disappointing. Um, they expected more ticket sales um, than than they actually got. And I wonder again if that's because. <laughs> Ultimately, it's a camera festival. Exactly. And, and is the camera audience ready for the all-in ticket? And with some of the, with a lot of the beers that are available, do you necessarily need the all-in ticket? Some of those beers are three and a half percent to five percent. Do you need to have just a third of it? You might want a half pint. Yeah. You might want a pint. Um, I mean, the we all-in had a great ticket. time when we were there, didn't we? Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, they they tried. They, you know, they haven't taken the decision lightly, I'm sure. Um, but they've had advice from weights and measures which could put the whole thing in jeopardy, in jeopardy and people haven't really been buying into it. Seems to have to stick with it. Absolutely, yeah. But that's not to say they might not have the option to try again. Someone may come up with a better way of doing it. Yeah. Or another festival may pick up the mantle. You know, it may not be my thing, but when we spoke about it, I thought, well, actually, do you know what? That ticks a lot of boxes because it gives everyone the option. Without a doubt, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, when you, I read that, I thought, but I haven't had it yet. How can they scrap it? I but know. They're scrapping it before they've had the chance to launch it almost. Yeah, but no, it would, it would appear that essentially it came down to licensing, that, that they weren't, weren't allowed to do both, maybe. Been given the advice, worth yeah, sticking with it. Absolutely. Um, and then we've got news about uh, a beer that's changed its image. Yeah. Shall we say? <laughs> so, um, Camden's um, IHL, India Hell's Lager. Has, has changed its name and its appearance. Mm. Now goes by the name of Show Off. Mm. Um, in a bright orange can. In a bright orange can. It's a lower ABV. Mm. It's juicy. And it's different. It, so, is it essentially... Is it still IHL? Well, I, I, I saw this news last week and I was probably fair to say unhappy. Oh, so was I. I like about IHL. It because I personally, I think when IHL was released a few years back, it it was, and it, I'm not understating this at all, it was a game-changing beer. It was, it was the first time you were getting a lager that had a hot profile to it. It was a West Coast lager. lager. Yeah, exactly. It was a West Coast lager. And... And then they've they've made all these changes to it. So I, I wasn't thrilled with it. And then at the weekend I was in Tesco and lo and behold, there it was on the shelf in front of me. And I was like, well, you know what? I can't berate it without actually trying it. No. So picked a can off the shelf, took it home, and I really wanted to hate it. I really, really wanted to hate it. But it was all right. It, it it still it wasn't juicy, it wasn't hazy, it wasn't any of the things I don't like. It was still crisp, it was clear, 
it had a had a nice bitterness on the finish, and it was completely drinkable. So, do you think the change has just been to get it into the supermarkets? Because I never used to sit. Someone can correct me. Um, I don't remember seeing IHL in the supermarkets. No, no, I don't. And as as a name, IHL tells you nothing, does it? it no, it doesn't. Doesn't really sell it. No, and, unless you're into your beer, and, and, and Shellwolf probably doesn't as well. But the bright orange can might. It, it might do. Um, so I, I loved IHL as it was. I have to admit. And when um, one of the pubs at Draft House took over the Birdcage um, in London, me and Clayton went there for the launch night, and we almost. <laughs> Because they were doing one of these soft launches where it was like 50% off and they had IHL on, on tap. So we were having 50% off IHL. We had a lot of IHL that yeah. night. So it was a bit of a messy night by the end of it. Good fun though. But I, I have to admit, I always did like the IHL until very recently, I would have said, because I've revisited Hell's, which I think is tasting pretty damn good. Yeah. Um, IHL, if someone had said to me what was my beer, favourite beer from Camden, I would have said IHL without even a breathing. Yeah. I am. Um, I would buy it again. That's that's the thing. I buy it. But again. is it IHL? Um, I'd rather they just said we've discontinued IHL because that little here's a new beer. That little gif was like it was the same beer and it metamorphosized in something else. Well, no, it hadn't really. It's not. It's 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 a different beer. It's God knows how many points ABV lower. It's got a completely different profile. Yeah. It's it's a different beer. Yeah. Um, and it's a shit name. Oh god, that's the worst bit. That is <laughs> that's, awful. That, that, that's that's the thing. I mean, I, I can forgive them the orange packaging, but give it a better name than Show Off. Anything, almost. I mean, it's almost like they've gone to Brewdog's playbook and gone right. What can we do? Oh, that'll uh, do. Yeah. Let's call a beer Show Off. Um, and that's not a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, it's not. No. Uh, and then the last piece of news, which is uh, almost kind of breaking news today, which we've just picked up on off off Twitter this evening, was. Um, the, uh, the the Fullers and Friends series two box two. Fullers and Friends series two. Yeah, let's say series two. Um, they've all got together today, and there's been a series of tweets where Fullers have tagged in the the brewers. Yeah, that are so we're, we're assuming they haven't said it explicitly. We're assuming these are people who are going to be involved, are we? In, in this year's so, series, so we've got read us um, a list. Tiny Rebel. From mm-hmm. from Wales, that, and and as part of that tagging, they were it, they were kind of saying it's Fuller's versus the Whale this time. So so we've got Tiny Rebel from Wales, we've, we've got Pilot from Scotland, we've got Stone and Wood from Australia, Woodstock from South Africa, and then we've got Magic Rock from England. So it's like um, the Commonwealth. It's like it the Commonwealth is, Games. It's, it's almost like like the Six Nations. It's, it's, it's like there's a rugby thing going on there, <laughs> isn't there? Um, That's five though. That is only five. So we are either missing a sixth or, or there's going to be a mother of all collaborations. They're all there, getting so. together yeah. to produce one beer. Yeah. I've got to say, and I'm going to put it out there right now, that I am very excited by the inclusion of Magic Rock on that Really, list. Steve? Because Magic Rock and Fuller's, oh, my word, I just I am so excited about what they might come up with. I think it could be very interesting. But again, I think they're all, they're, all, they're all brewers we've heard of. They're all breweries which we know... I think it'd be really interesting to see what they do. Mm. I mean, are they all going to come over here? Or are Fuller's going to send some of their brewers over to, well, you know? Well, by the pictures that I saw on Twitter this evening, they're all over here. Ah, uh, no, so, no, no expense has been paid to the Fuller's people to go out elsewhere then. <laughs> no, no, they're, they're born. I mean, I've got to say, I'm surprised. When, when they said... When I they suppose announced... Fuller's do have the pilot kit there, don't they? Well. Yeah. When they announced it was going to be Fuller's versus the world, 
my mind instantly went to, well, Sierra Nevada have got to be part of that because yeah. they've collabed with them in the past. Unless that they, they import their beers. Unless that's going to be number four, unless that's the sixth one, that's going to be the big. Yeah. The big release. Yeah, that that would be that would get me excited as well. I mean, but just those names there. I mean, I am once oh. again excited for Fullers and Friends. Based on box number one, series one, yeah, the box, the box set, um, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Like all beers, like all series of beers, I had favourites, but there was no beer in there I didn't like, and we we did them all, didn't we? So yeah, um, I'd quite happily revisit. And if they come out the same value as well, twelve quid for a six pack, yeah, be all over that. Let's let's just hope Waitrose get their distribution sorted this time. Because that was the only thing that let it down last time was that there was there was a lot of um, hype about it leading into it, and then it came to the morning of release, and Waitrose had fucked up because they couldn't get the boxes on the shelves. Yes, do you get the boxes out there? Don't yeah. don't miss out, don't miss out on that initial wave when people just want to buy the stuff. You, you've got to hope that they've learned from that last year. I, I would think so, personally. I would think so. Is that the news? That's the end of the news, mate. Yeah. That's it. Oh, well, that's a show over. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, shit. No, oh, we've no. still got half oh, the show no. to go. We're, we're only halfway in <laughs> at, at, at this luck, point. Lucky people. Um, how are you enjoying the sleeping limes? I said, this is absolutely fantastic. I mean, I don't know. Lager goes. I almost don't care. It is. I, I mean, it, it, it's got this overwhelming lager and lime thing going yeah, on. Yeah, I it? mean, when I... <laughs> When I first saw it, I think I did say Top Deck. Yeah. Because <laughs> it reminded me, we, we used to have Top Deck and the uh, Shandy Bass in the, uh, in, in the off-license. But he, um, it doesn't it doesn't really taste like beer that much. I don't think it's very beery. No. It's, it's, it's got... It, it, there, there, there's a certain sweetness that's being imparted into it from the limes, I think. But that's been very well balanced out by the salt that's in there yeah. as well. Um, it's just it's incredibly drinkable yeah I said even colder so then that line comes through maybe a little bit later and on a hotter because we're now we are now coming up to when we feel like summer's over yeah um, it's still beautiful but like I said in that heat wave it would have been perfect wouldn't it you wouldn't be sharing oh no <laughs> oh no this would have been like, oh hi I'm turned up you turn up with like a crate of that yeah. wouldn't you this for is, yourself these are mine yeah <laughs> yeah this is mine. This is my fridge that I'm keeping them in. No one's going in here. Yeah, there is a security code on it. <laughs> yeah, because I'm just going to drink all of this. Yeah, and nice, sensible number on the ABV as well. So that, uh, I've had a few wild beer beers over the years, and their assertion that this is maybe their most refreshing, based on what I've had, I probably couldn't disagree. No, I, I don't think I could either. And I've, and, you know, I think most people would agree there's some really good beers in, in their range over the yeah. years. No, it's really good, that is. Okay, so while we finish this up, let's get on to this week's question. Opinions, 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 opinions. Which actually, because it's our birthday show, we're going to mix things up a little bit. And yeah. this, this isn't actually one of our questions. We almost can't call it opinions tonight. Well, but we're going to. Yeah. Um, because actually, the, the, this question was dropped... Within about ten minutes of releasing of, of us releasing one of our polls over the summer, that this was dropped and it completely ruined that that poll for the evening because yeah. everyone was more interested in answering this question. So thank you very much, Miles Lambert yeah. at Miles Lambert, who is Ex- still our Ex- reigning no. 
Ex number one fan oh, after oh, doing really? that. Have yeah. you stripped him of the time? Oh, yeah, just for doing that. No, oh. right. only kidding because he's also asked a really good question as well. It, it, I mean, this is a brilliant question. He got so much engagement as well. Really quick. Really quickly. So, Miles asked the question, um, which was, What's your Marmite beer? i.e., the beer that everyone loves but just doesn't do it for you. Personally, I've never enjoyed Punk IPA. It has all the elements I should like, but for some reason, it just doesn't hit the spot. Yet it does for everyone else. Hashtag opinions. Um, so he threw that in, and then there were just loads of responses. Yeah, brilliant. So, I mean, because obviously when we do, we, we've had... Because as an opinions poll, you can't do that, because you'd have to give four options. And that may not cover any of the options that yeah. people have. The one try, one time we tried to do a poll, we got nothing. Or we tried to do a, a opinions that wasn't a poll, we got nothing. We got nothing, we got uh, and we scrapped it very quickly and threw yeah. a poll in. But you know, this, you know, maybe it was just timing. I don't know, but it seemed to really um, hit the spot with people. Yeah. Um, I think we should leave our ones towards the end. Okay. Just for just for just for fun. Let's do that then. What I will say is that I felt like I was being trolled. <laughs> Why was that? Should, well, should, we, should we dig into some of the responses? Right, go on, okay. get, get, get in there. Here we go. So we had a number of votes for Adam's ghost ship <laughs> from Simon Clark at Simon Carbon, Clive Stonebridge at Stone O Junior, Ed Ray at The Beer Father, and Mark Johnson at Mark and Johnson. That, that last one really feels like a troll. Yeah, that feels like he's really done that on purpose. Um, and then there, that was followed up by a lack of love for Oakham Citra. So, Drinking Craft and at Hoppy Tweets, I-double-D-Y at We Are Audi. And then we follow up with <laughs> Landlord. So, Melissa Cole at Melissa Cole and Guzzler at Lag and Boat. So, three out of my top four cask beers. The only cask beer in my top four that didn't get, felt like I didn't get trolled on here was Jaipur. And it's probably only because one of your best mates, Jim, doesn't really get involved <laughs> that, on Twitter. Yeah, yeah that's true. Otherwise, yeah. he would have thrown that one involved, in, wouldn't yeah, he? He doesn't, doesn't like that floral shit. <laughs> he would have got it. It, it, it was like, it. these ones all came out really quickly as well. I was like, yeah. hold on a second, what's going on here? You know what, mate? I know, I know you said that you wanted to leave ours until the end, but I, I think I need to throw mine in now as well because I, I think I'm going to continue that, that, that trolling. Um, my one is Dead Pony Club. Oh, see, I wasn't expecting that. Mm. But yeah, now I recall when we have gone to Brewdog Bars, which again, obviously, we've recorded in the Shortage one a few times, and we've been to other ones. I almost always start with their pony club. I avoid it. I, I really, I, I don't know what it is. I just don't get on with it. It's it just doesn't do it for me. Okay, so it is more trolling. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry, ch- choking on water now. Um, okay, so that's the first four beers then. Yeah, <laughs> we're all, all trolling. Yeah, all, uh, like I said, those three are three out of my top four cast beers. With my new rating system, they're fine. Yeah. Um, Dead Pony Club, I think it's usually a four for me. <coughs> However, the next beer <laughs> definitely is not <laughs> one of my Doombow. Yeah. I was quite surprised that that one came up. I suppose it is a very popular beer. It's just not very popular in our circle, maybe. Yeah. So, David Martin at RDG Martin and Ralph the Decorator at On The Radar 55 uh, both said uh, Doom Bar at, at that point. I mean, we'd, I mean, there was lots of other 
Carl Spears being thrown in there. But they, I think they were probably the, the, the main section of cask. That, that was. That was the ones that people um, commented on over and over again. Yeah. I think there was actually more than, than, than those ones anyway. Yeah. Um, but while, um, while you were prepping that one for us, I've opened um, Salter Polarity Black IPA. Oh. Which you must be looking forward to, Steve. Come on. Uh, 6.2%. Um, I did open that with the uh, Sonic screwdriver bottle opener, which is very, very the right thing to do because reverse the p- neutron flow of the polarity. The polarity of the neutron flow was a John Pertwee saying in many episodes when he was the third doctor. There we go. A little bit. And it appeared in the flash once as well. A little bit of crossover. Which, got me, for, um, which got me geeking out proper that time. The, the, the percentage of geeks that do listen to <laughs> the show. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, that already smelled. That the nose on that. I'm getting like a licorice toffee flavour, which is not. I wasn't expecting that. No, the nose is really fruity and piney. Yeah, there's, which is exactly what I want on on a black IPA. But it's quite sweet. That the, the flavour is completely different. Yeah, I say it's that licorice yeah, toffee. Yeah, there's there's definitely kind of a almost fudge like actually. Yeah, it's a, a sweetness to it that's. Not so sure about that. Yeah, I mean, well, obviously, again, although we've rinsed after the sleeping sleeping lines, we've got a little bit of adjustment to go. Yeah, yeah. So while we're adjusting, any more? Uh, let's just give a few more shout outs, shall well, we? Yeah, I mean, these these next ones are a little bit interesting. So, Colonel beers. I wasn't expecting Colonel to I, appear. I, if yeah, give me a list of names that I didn't expect to appear on this list, and Colonel, Colonel would have been at the top. So that was from um, Ollie Clark at various Ollie, and then Damon. Uh, underscore th at Damon underscore th said Colonel's table beer the number of better low alcohol beers than than this can be calculated by counting all the other low alcohol beers that is so, really so hard really not a fan of the Colonel's table beer. no but I mean I mean Ollie just said Colonel beers so it wasn't even a particular one yeah I I I, I think we need to discuss that a little bit because I'm massively surprised really. But he did, he did. He wasn't the only one. I think that he did have a little bit of a conversation off the back of that as well with a few other people. Mm. I was really surprised. I mean, I can imagine there are certain styles that they might do that you might not like because yeah. they, they they do go for some of those a uh, couple of the London traditionals with the porters and the stouts. Um, but you know, when I first found Colonel, it's because they did piney bitter yeah. blondes beers. Is is do you think that's uh kind of a travel thing though in, in terms of the further away from London the Colonel beers get they've they've travelled they've aged they're maybe not as fresh as it could when, be, when they, you get them in the sauce they do in the blonde beers they do they have sediment in their bottles they do if, yeah and some of those bottles can be still quite a bit lively as well you, you have to pour you Colonel pour, beers very carefully yeah you can still Otherwise get Otherwise you do end up with a New England style Colonel <laughs> beer. Yeah. Um, so that could be it. That could be an element yeah. of it as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I have to admit, I wasn't expecting it. So we, I did have a few unexpected answers. There's yeah. still more to come, to be honest. Well, yeah. And now we head into what I like to call the uh, the, the Belgian section. These, <laughs> Steve wrote all of these. I, I do feel like I could have written most of these. So Mark at Million Bev said, not a huge fan of Duchess. Had it once, it was so vinegary, can't wrap my head around it, still drank it, but I won't be rushing back. Plenty of Marmite breweries releasing stuff now that should never be in the public domain, yet people lap them up even with bad canning. 
Uh, he didn't elaborate on that, but I'm sure he, he, he could have done if we had asked him <laughs> yeah. to. Um, Chili Beard, Chili Beard said, road and background crew, people bang on about it, but doesn't do it at all for me. Charlie Muzzit at Charlie HJM, and this is the one that I could have written, <laughs> almost anything with Belgian yeast. <laughs> Um, and then a couple of real surprises. Yeah. Uh, Ginger Owl Enthusiast at FC Slattery. Saison DuPont smells and tastes like baby vom to me. And then Henry the Falcon at Henry the Falcon, who simply said, all vow. Really surprised at the last two. Um, Dutchies, I can understand. It can be. Yeah. Because it's quite a sharp beer. We had that at the Chelmsford Beer Festival, we did, didn't yeah. we? If it's not quite right, it can be very sharp. Um, but it does it does have I get that vinegariness because yes. even when we had it there that's the first thing that you get yeah. off of it is, is, or, is but sometimes it can last all the way through it so yeah. I, can, I can definitely understand that uh, the Roderback Grand Crew Chili Beard Max at the uh, it comes to the Essex Bottle Share um, I admit I've always loved the Roderback Grand Crew um, almost said if you were Belgian yeast yeah that's definitely Steve um, <laughs> yeah, Saison DuPont and the Orville were definitely the surprises in there no because they, they they are classics yeah and I, I mean, I have to admit, I, I love both of them. Um, I, I enjoy Saison Dupont. I'm not a fan of Saisons, no. but I, I do enjoy that because yeah, it's you've been, in that classic style. You, you're quoted on air as saying you yeah. enjoy that style. And the Orval is definitely considered a classic. So yeah, again, I have to admit, you know, going back to what, the, what we said at the start, Miles' question definitely got people going and there's more to come. There's, there's lots more to come. So going into a slightly different section now, um, the Toy House Brewery at Toy House Brewery was Salty Kiss. Never quite loved it as much as I should. Your old partner, Beer Show Mark, would definitely not understand that one. He would not understand that at all. He was I a remember, massive fan of Salty Kiss. I remember on the Sunday morning before we left Leeds, he was swapping out Cannonball so yep. he could get his hands on the Salty Kiss. Yep, I was quite happy to give up my two cans of Salty <laughs> Kiss for two cans of Cannonball, it should be said. Um, another one that feels like a little bit of a troll... Uh, Neil Hayden at Neil Hayden 73 mine will be Sonoma I only had it once but it just didn't do it for me again I don't understand that I don't understand that I've always enjoyed Sonoma yeah on keg and cask yeah uh, Mr. E&B at Mr. E&B neck oil mm. I can understand that one because it's been up and down a little bit in its consistency it's had moments. Over the years, it's had moments when it, it yeah. can be not quite what you're expecting it to be yeah. especially on draft Yes, yeah, very much so. Uh, Will Matchin at Will Matchin, uh, Beavertown's Gamma Ray, always find it too grassy. And Yeasty Boys, Pot Kettle Black. Surprised at the Pot Kettle Black. I am, because that's that's a really good example of like a, a hoppy porter. Yeah. Now, that's probably a good point to come in and ask you. What Any further thoughts on this one at the moment? Um, Personally, I'm not loving it. That overt sweetness is not... It's not what I expect from a black IPA. The nose is doing it for me. Flavour-wise, it is overpowered a little bit by the sweetness. There's zero roasted notes, which I want a little bit of in and a on black the, IPA. On the, on the fla- I'm just not getting enough of that pineiness on the flavour. And there? there's absolutely no bitterness to it. So if I took the aroma away, it's not taking any black IPA box not, at the moment. Not at all, no. It's a real shame because we're both looking forward I was to this. Very I mean, you, about... you were definitely looking forward yeah. to this. Um, that is a real shame. I had a South, South Air beer at the weekend, and I really enjoyed that. It was South, just the South Air blonde. Yeah, but they have just—they've um, also just gone through a rebranding as well. So um, 
their, their previous output was very t- traditional. It's 500 oh, yeah. mil bottles. Very traditional. They're now in 330 mil bottles. It's much cleaner branding, um, much clearer. They've got a new range of beers that they've released as well. Um, For me, this one needs a bit of tweaking. Out of the four that we were sent, this was the one that I always wanted to do on the show yeah. because it's a black IPA. Um, but, but that does go to show that when we do have a black IPA where it ticks all the boxes, it's a skill. James, who gave us the two beers at, at, at the top of the show, also put a, a third beer in that care package for us, which I snaffled for myself, which was yeah. from Horse Fourth Brewer, which was um, a black IPA. I can't remember the name of it now. And, and, and that was was on the side of being the right type of black IPA. So it, it was piney, it had roasted notes to it, it had a nice bitterness to it. Um, this is this is just missing so many of those boxes. Yeah. Yeah, I really actually don't even know how to describe it other than saying the bits it's missing. I wouldn't know where to pitch it. No, it's it's a, it's a really strange drink. Yeah, yeah, it is. So we had some we had some more after the uh, couple of ones about Beaver Town and the Eastie Boys. So we had any white chocolate stout from James at Gammon Baron, who must be on about his fourth mention tonight already. Yeah, he's doing um, well tonight. Um, I probably wouldn't disagree with that actually. Um, it's just an odd style. It's a very odd style, isn't it? It's never yeah. quite ticked the box for me. Um, then we have um, a couple of a couple of tiny rebel beers actually getting quoted juicy mm-hmm. uh, from God One Zoda Twenty Five at Stephen Pie. Com- I love the way that his Twitter handle has nothing to do with his name. <laughs> yeah. um, I admit I had juicy last year at um, a beer festival, and it was actually just missing being juicy. To be honest, oh, and you know when you get a title of a beer, and you think, yeah, yeah. no, you're sorry. If you're going to call it juicy, it actually has you, to you, be. You've got a you've got a hit. At least that box. Yeah, that's yeah, the only yeah. box you have to hit, and he missed it. Um, and then we have um, good question. Minds stay puffed, can't bear it, and that's from the ale lady at the ale lady. That's interesting. That I mean, was that was recently in the beer bods box because was, uh, Roland and Gary yeah. reviewed it, and I haven't quite finished what they were saying about it. But Gary liked it while he was drinking it. I've I've never been a fan of Tiny Rebel Stay Puffed purely because. I, I've never really got the marshmallow, the, the, the toasted marshmallow from it. Now, if, if we are going down the lines of it being a, a toasted marshmallow beer, you've got to assume that quite possibly there's going to be something that will give you coconut flavours in there. And and maybe they've used sriracha as, as, as well as, as, as part of the hopping. Oh, I had a beer yesterday which had sriracha. Which, yeah, I saw your check in. <laughs> <laughs> you, you nailed it just from the aroma, I think, didn't you? <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's that's an interesting one because it's like I say, it's 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 a beer that, and I know they've done a lot of variants of it. I've never got excited about Stay Puffed. No, um, I've always felt like I should be because yeah. it ticks a lot of the boxes that I actually don't mind about that kind of thing. I know that we're probably getting to that point where there are so many of those kind of sweet lactose pastry stouts that we probably need just a few stouts without it being. Yeah. Or just sweetened up. Good stout, yeah. Um, but yeah, I've, I've, I wouldn't say I've never been in the can't bear it, but I've never quite got it either. Yeah. But however, the next one, KBS. I don't get that at all. I don't understand. So this is from Doogie at Geo Doogie or Dougie. Um, yeah, the Kentucky Bourbon Stout. Is it Kentucky Bourbon or Kentucky Breakfast? Remind me. Uh, Kentucky Breakfast, I want to say. Should probably look at some point, but yeah, I know. Well, I think we both know which beer we, we, we think it is anyway. But 
Yeah, I've always liked that. I've always enjoyed it. It's, it's always been a solid beer for me. But again, this is this is personal opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, but uh, again, uh, aren't there some surprises? It's been brilliant. Yeah. So, so the next one, I'm, I'm I'm quite surprised about again. Wild beers millionaire. Yeah. Always struggle to get it down, and that's from Bulp uh, at Bulp thirty three, um, which I. Again, Millionaire's always been a beer that I've enjoyed. and I've enjoyed it. It's, it's one that when we found it on cask at Cask Festival earlier on in we the had year, it. We, we had it because that's a beer that needs to be served in that style. And it worked. Because it needs that extra body. We had that quite that, early on as well, didn't we? we I think it was like our second beer. Yeah, and it yeah, worked. Yeah. And, and then there's... Um, Less surprised about the next one. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a run now coming <laughs> in here. So, um, Inedible Reading, at Inedible Reading, Speckled Hen. Not going to argue with that. <sighs> no. No. Um, Jim Deves, at Deevesy, Titanic Plum Porter. I've said, people have quite... This is probably quite a Marmite beer for people. I've never been a fan of it. No, because I think I think when it first came out, I think people now feel like there's a bit of an artificialness about it. Mm. And I'm, fairly, I'm not even sure that's a word. However, um, I haven't had it for a long time, but I have it in the back of my mind when I first had it, I think I really liked it because that dark fruit flavour I think worked. But if it has changed, then it's... You know. I think there's some suggestion that it's now brewed um, possibly with concentrate rather than... Which isn't quite the same. No. It's, it's not like the same as... plum juice into it. It's not the same as macerating mature, maturing yeah. the fruits in yeah. the beer, is it? Um, Steve Rimington at Steve Rimington. Guinness, for me. Guinness is a fallback for me. It's it always me. been a safe fallback for I, me. I, I was in a pub recently where the selection was... Less than inspiring, and they I, had Guinness, I, and they had Guinness, and I was like, "Pint of Guinness, please." Yeah, because unless there is, unless that pub is doing something so badly wrong, you know exactly what it's going to be like. They, pubs can't fuck Guinness up, well, they, because they're not allowed to. No, because Guinness will be on them. Because Guinness have reps and technicians well, they, that, that go out and look after their control. Beer. Yeah, we, to spoke, make, we spoke to that uh, to, to Andy the Victorian about yeah. it, didn't we? And they will always come out. And and then these last two, again, probably feel like people are poking a bear with a stick. Yeah. At, at us on I feel these like, last hold two. Hold on a second. We've gone back to trolling you. <laughs> Robert Ebsworth at Slippers Robert. Robert, uh, Adnam's Mosaic. Yeah. Where'd that come from? That's just like towards the end of it. It's like, whoa. Yeah. Hang on, I, it, gets, it gets worse. I, I, I like the Adnam's <laughs> Mosaic. <laughs> uh, pub, Kermit... Oh, I can never say that. Curmudgeon. Curmudgeon. Pub curmudgeon at Old Mudgy. Anything by Fullers. Yeah, didn't even narrow it down. No. Anything by Fullers. That includes ESB. ESB is a fantastic beer when you get it just right. Yeah. I mean, what I would say about Fullers on cask is that it does need to be just right. It does. It needs to have been kept well and served well. Yeah. I don't think it can get away either no. side. No. Completely agree. So we've finished the Saltaire. Mm-hmm. Um, f- final thoughts on that? It's not a black IPA as I know it. Okay. And while I have had other beers from Saltaire before their rebrand, when they were more traditional in their outlook and their branding, um, it hasn't put me off having other Saltaire beers. I wouldn't be rushing to have this one. No, and that's a shame. It's a real shame for me because I really wanted... I, I love a black IPA, um, and I really wanted it to be a black oh, I was IPA. I was immensely looking forward to yeah. it. You know, and also we you know we sort of positioned it 
to come after the sleeping lions. I thought it'd be not quite a nice yeah. counterpoint as well, um, especially on the run up to a beer star that you know neither us would normally go would for. normally go for. But I probably have a little bit more love for it than you. Um, I think that's fair to say. So I've got a, a New England double IPA okay. or Dipper. So before we get into this. No, What's my beer? Yeah, because you've not, you've I still haven't. not revealed your Marmite beer. Um, my one is the uh, West Velter and Twelve. Oh wow! Ooh, feels like you're trolling back now. <laughs> it feels like you're trolling back hard. Um, I've only had it a few times, so I will put put that out there. But I've had it at two very completely different times, and therefore presumably two very different batches of the beer yeah. as well. Um, and I've still got one in the cupboard. I haven't enjoyed it over time. In fact, the last time we had it when we did the Trappist show, I downgraded it on that night from what I'd had it down previously. Well, you did. You, you actually, because we did that thing at the end of the show, didn't we? Yeah, no, no, which no. one we preferred. St. for me. Yeah. I went for it straight away. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of love for West Velter and 12. I know it's very highly rated both on untapped and rate beer. However, for me, no, there are so many better Trappist beers for me than that one. So, yeah, it's West Velter and 12. Wow. Let's, let's just, we'll leave that one there for people to come back on, I, th- I think. So, the next beer that we've got here it's is... from a new brewery, isn't it? Or new, yeah. Yeah, definitely new to me, don't about well, you. it's um, Manual Brewing Co, who were good enough to send us uh, three beers, um, of which this is one of them. This is called Tickets, Please. It's um, 8.5%. It is 8.5%. Like so, uh, as I said, it's a, it's a New England style. Uh, dry hopped with mosaic Amarillo Zaka, fermented with a blend of London Ale Free and Burlington yeast strains. So therefore, they're saying tropical stone fruit, pine, wheat, haze. Definitely got the wheat, the wheaty haze look to yeah. it visually. Um, I haven't had really a smell. Getting a little bit of pineapple and peach off of that. Yeah. Definitely got. Those, tro- those are the first two. That definitely got a tropical nose to it. Jump out. Okay. Well, I would say they've. Nailed as described, to be honest. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting It's point. quite sharp, actually. Isn't it? Yeah. It's sharp. It's a little bit a little bit sticky. But it still hasn't got that... Um, that I'm beginning to realise that maybe this whole New England thing has a bit of a wider area than just some of those ones which you and I do agree on but we don't really love. Yeah. Just the really flu- fruity, gloopy, juice kind of ones. This doesn't feel like that either. But, but it also feels like what breweries are now starting to do is to say to actually experiment with the style a little yeah. bit as well. So rather than just saying, well, we're going to go for that, it's got to look like fruit juice, it's got to have this consistency, it's got to have a, it's got to have a mouth feel and it's got to feel like this. This feels, the people, feel are, 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 people saying, are playing yeah, with it a yeah, little bit more. Yeah, um, trying to almost redefine the style a little yeah. bit. Yeah, or not take the definition as, as red. Yeah. I mean, the artwork on the can is... Um, I think, they, I think the manual would describe it as modernism. And this one definitely looks... So this one, Tickets Please, puts me in mind of um, the inside of the Lloyds building oh, okay, in London. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for anyone who's, who's seen that either up close or on TV with the, the escalators fairly much going everywhere, or so it seems. What that reminds me of is the, um, the Thomas Crown affair. With, with, oh, with, without without the bowler hats, different things going yeah. on. Everyone walking around in different directions. Yeah, yeah. But yeah that's sort of, in, enjoyable. It's almost it? like multiple scenes. Yeah. on the on the can. Yeah. So very different artwork. Yes, yeah. is very but different. That, they did send us, like I said, they sent us three beers. So in addition to this, they also sent us uh, my favourite hero, 
which it was a salted strawberry goes and comfort of strangers which was a coffee stout now had we gone to type we would have the coffee stout we would have drunk the coffee stout yeah. but we thought we'd go for the beer that people would least expect us to to be drinking which and is also, the, the new england double I, ipa I, I, I would love to find a, a new england ipa that, that i enjoyed or really enjoy yeah there's a couple i enjoy but not necessarily ones i revisit mm. but ones which i enjoy and revisit you know that that would be quite yeah. good i quite yeah. enjoy that because there are there are plenty of them out there mm-hmm. so it'd be a shame to miss out on the whole thing but yeah there's definitely a subset of the or the original set of the new england ipa which isn't really for me but this one's got it's got a it's bit got, of bitterness it's got for me it's almost like a dryness rather than the bitterness yeah. but it's got that it's a sharpness maybe that stone fruit is coming out that sharpness yeah enjoying that actually. but so these guys are quite new um, I don't think the beers are commercially available yet they've just been sent out to people to try and they're actively encouraging those that have received them to feedback as well yeah where so, are they from um, where are Manuel from I'm not sure Scotland oh Dundee yeah heard of Dundee they've got football teams yeah so, so, so again quite a way up yeah um, so just to wrap up the um, Marmite beers um, again as we always encourage people, carry on getting involved. Tell us what your Marmite beers are. Use use the hashtag opinions. And you may very well get your comments uh, featured on the next section. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know your thoughts and bitter in lingerness. Write it down. So, we've got quite a lot of feedback to go through. We have actually got quite a lot of feedback. On previous shows. So, let's, um, let's get into this. Um, first of all... Um, Lots of people feeding back on episode 68, which was the Trappist show mm-hmm. uh, that we did. Um, generally, uh, along the lines of um, what Miles Lambert had to say, which was at Miles Lambert, obviously, uh, step back from the hectic pace of everyday life and listen to the glorious chat that the Our Lady had with the UK's first Trappist brewery on this week's Opinions podcast. Informative and charming, it's a delight to listen to. Um, that was backed up by Pete at Hops and Hoops, the bearded one at the bearded one, your boy Rob Edwards at Rob underscore Edwards 90, John at Beer in the Suburbs, Gregor J at Gregor underscore J underscore, Kat Sewell at Katrina, Mark the Gasman at Mark the Gasman, and Neil Hayden at Neil Hayden 73. Um, if we could have, uh, is it, was it Brother Eric? Yes, Father Eric. Father Eric. Um, the Chief Monk. As Talk, I like to call him. Talking, uh, available to us on a regular basis, the old lady and a bit of bird song. Well, I think we'd throw it in every episode now. Yeah, with I the, thought... With the, fe- the wonderful feedback we had on that. Yeah. Although I, I think someone said it to me, they said they were listening to it and they said, why, why, why can I hear animals? And But they were faint, but clear. Yeah, but in the background. In the background. Yeah, and yeah. I had that when I was walking up the high street, I was listening to it thinking... Wait, why can they, oh yeah, yeah. They're, they're it's, it's their own animals it was in, the, in the countryside. So, so peaceful, it was fantastic. Um, and then we had quite a bit of feedback around our episode sixty-nine, which was our Peekender episode. Um, Hopzine at Hopzine said, "Really enjoyed your Peekender podcast with the guys from Thornbridge. Wished we'd have a live, had a live intro by Mark N. Johnson. Nice, nice work, gents. Sounded like you're having a great time." 
Annoyingly, we didn't think of that. <laughs> no. If, and if we had a thought of that, it might have been really difficult to have edited in. Yeah, as, as, but, as well. I, uh, but yeah. it was a good thought, though. If, and one where, like I said, we didn't think of it anyway. If there's ever an option to do that again, we will indeed have Mark doing the intro live for us. And then also Sophie Grumwell at So Beer Blogger. After listening to this week's Beer O'Clock Show podcast, I had to order a box of Formbridge Jaipur, which I'll be working my way through this afternoon. Sounds like someone after your own heart, mate. Where was our invite? <laughs> to, 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 to join in the Jaipur love but also we've had great feedback from Simon Walkden at Mazzy Mixer Pete at Hops and Hoops Carl Gunner at KL Gunner Craft Bro at Craft underscore Bro 1990 Emmanuel's at Emmanuel's and Neil Hayden again at Neil Hayden 73 so thanks to all of those people for feeding back on the last two episodes yes and um, you know the, the again thank you very much to the old lady for not only doing the interview but also for sending us the beers um and everyone who enjoyed the peak end of the episode, which, as I've already said, was a highlight so far. Um, thank you very much. Yeah, I can only echo that. Um, we then had Simon Manchester at the Pyman 7, who went even further back into our recent catalogue, uh, just catching up on some of the past podcasts. And 62, Are We Coping is especially good. Thanks. That's the one we did with Hop Stuff, wasn't yeah. it? Uh, it was, yeah, where we spoke about uh, mental health yeah. and, and, and well, that stress. Was, that feels like ages ago now. It does, it does. But um, That was like the start of the summer. Great that people are still catching up yeah. on, on, on old episodes. He's got about 20 hours left. <laughs> he has indeed. Now, and now the next one, this is um, actually answered a question that we posed <laughs> on, on a recent episode. So, Sean O'Reilly, Uncrulia, at Uncrulia, said... Only just listening to the latest Beer O'Clock show, I noticed that um, Martin asked how many pints is in 30,000 hectolitres. Happy to help, although that I hope this doesn't break my contract with at three boys, three beers as their official number cruncher. One hectolitre is 176 pints, which is a really difficult number to work with. For everyday purposes, we could round one hectolitre to 200 pints. That would make 30,000 hectolitres approximately 6 million pints. If we use the exact conversion figure, we would get 5,279,262 pints. Obviously, there is a rather... that Obviously, there is rather a difference which would get even bigger if we were talking about a larger brewery as... An official number cruncher, I would need something more precise. Therefore, I would calculate seven-eighths of six million. That would give me a closer approximation. <laughs> Are people still with us at this yeah. point, do you think? A closer approximation of 5.25 million pints. I do live a bit, love a bit of num- beery number crunching in the morning. Sad, aren't I? Hectolitres don't mean anything to me either, so I'm glad you prompted me to do the research. Even if I can just remember that one hectolitre equals 200 pints, that will be helpful. I have to admit, first of all, thank you. Yes. Um, I really reckon I'm going to struggle to remember most of that, even though I work in a bank, because those numbers just don't marry up. It's not like it's like some weird exchange rate when you go abroad. No, but if we remember that one hectolitre is two hundred pints, we'll try. Then next time we're doing some of the detailed research where breweries are telling us how many hectolitres. I still don't produce. understand why they're the same pints. We may not all drink it pints. Would, it would make more sense. We may not all drink it? pints, but we understand pints. Yeah, and and thanks also to um, at Three Boys Three Beers, Beers podcast for um, the loan of Uncrulia as, as as the official number. Project. Yeah, we do we do appreciate the loan. You know, we, we will be trying to sign him in the January transfer window. Yeah, now, now that it, now that the window's closed, you've still got him. Yeah, on and, and obviously we like exclusivity, so we will try and get him on a exclusive, exclusive deal to us. <laughs> 
Um, and then we had some feedback on the website, which rarely happens, but some people do. Impression like, picks like, it up. Yeah, like to make comments on on, on the website. Um, so Rob Cheshire uh, left some comments, which um, I actually disagreed with, um, and then um, actually had an email discussion with, with Rob as a result. He was talking about the Trappist episode that we did and and, and things related to it and why aren't we challenging big beer that that sort of thing but he did come back to say that i am a podcast fiend and yours is one of only three beer programs that stood the test of time in my regular rotation and i usually try to listen on publication day to keep the news section as current as possible the other two that i listen to regularly are the relatively new untapped podcast and the good beer hunting podcast I've got to say straight off the bat, there we're in good company. There. Very good company. If, if if those are the only three podcasts this 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 guy listens to, and we're in that, then I am very happy about. I'm that. pretty sure for that one. Um, while I'm emailing you, I would like to give my quick plug to my taproom review blog, which I started at the beginning of the year. I'm lucky enough to travel pretty frequently for work, and these days I'm spending an, uh, an indecent amount of time plotting my schedule around interesting tap rooms that I would like to visit. So give that a visit at taproomadventure.blogspot.com. Do you know one of the ones he went to? Fairly certainly went to Half Acre. He did. And I'm sure I saw that one tagged. Yeah. He's, he's mentioned that you should go. <laughs> so, and then finally uh, for this, we've got um, some feedback on our most recent show that we put out, which was our last opinions on films, um, which was the, the Highlander episode. This from Gregor J at Gregor underscore J underscore. Thoroughly enjoyed opinions on films as usual. Any chance you could do some classic Arnie next? Commando, Total Recall, or Predator even? A couple of those I'm not fans of. I I don't get that you're a fan of Arnie. I'm a fan of Arnie, but just certain films. So Terminator, yeah. Yeah. Terminator 2 feeds into the whole geek world as well. Um, Out of those three quoted just as his opening offerings, Total Recall would be the one I would do. I would lean probably more towards none of those offerings, and let's let's do one of the Terminators. In fact, let's do Terminator Two. Terminator Two is just fantastic, the, and it's got a little bit of Guns and Roses in it. I was going to say, and the soundtrack. <laughs> so, what are you thinking about the beer? I mean, we are we are working our way through this aren't on the we? basis that all right, we're a few beers in, but we've pretty much destroyed that in ten minutes or so. Mm. It's a four forty can, two twenty each. It's pretty much gone. Towards the end of it, I'm getting a little bit of sugariness. In, in there that I may be struggling a little bit with. Yeah, and again, I think this is the thing with these, this is one of those things with this kind of style is when it starts to warm up a little bit. Yeah. These need to be drunk cold. Yeah. But that is a struggle when they keep putting them out in big cans as well. Yeah, I, I don't get this whole fascination with a 440ml can. Not for the big beers. No. So, we had a 440 can for the Don't Mesh with Yorkshire IPA, which is 3% lower than this. Which was perfect. Understand that. Yeah. That's fairly, you know, that's uh, 60 millilitres off a, tr- a trad 500 millilitre bottle size. Around about the same sort of percentage for a lot of the beers. This is upped by 3% and you've only you've still got 440. For me, when you start to warm up, this beer doesn't work so much. No, it, it when they warm, they begin to get that cloying feel to them. They, 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 they thicken up a little bit and then they become everything that I dislike in this style it's basically when you've gone to the end of the fruit juice carton yeah and you get all the lumps and everything yeah. in, in, in that's when it feel, yeah. feels like and I just don't think it works again I think it needs to be cold You need, but you can't just you can't neck it 
It's eight point five percent. No, no, you can't. You can't. It's be sat not here smashing I mean, that. Despite our, you know, inappropriate use of the word smashable and sessionable, sometimes that beer for me is not a sessionable, smashable beer. It's nice. Two twenty each of a full forty can worked quite well for us. But if you'd been nursing that, and it may have been a bit warmer, I think we may have started to struggle earlier. I honestly don't think I could have drunk four forty mils of that on my own. Because I, I would have drunk it slowly because it's it's not a style that's smashable. And I would have been taking my time and it would have been warming and I probably would have got halfway through the glass and I probably would have gone, you know what, I'm I'm done with this, it's it's going down the sink. Yeah, you would have you would have been Yeah, that's enough now. Mm. So I I I think actually, do you know it's a good point. Obviously, uh fellow podcasters, um Stephen Rollins Beer Podcast did quite a really good discussion about the big cans, which I think we referenced once before. Yeah. Um, but I think it's worth coming back to. I think I would probably start to like this style more if it was in a smaller can. Because I would not get bored with it halfway through. Or I would not get to that cloying, sugary stage. Whereas the Sleeping Limes, you could put that in as big a can as you want. Oh, I, I want the Sleeping Limes in a 500ml can. Yeah. I want that yeah. that way, yeah. Whereas your 8.5% New England double IPA, why have you put that in a 440 can? Well, one that really springs to mind when, when you say this is Magic Rock, who we've spoken about before, but obviously they've just re- recently released an, another iteration of Bearded Lady. Yep. 330ml can. Perfect. For an 11, 10, 11% stout. Because I don't feel compelled to share that. No, either. but... So if they can do that for the stout, I don't need unhuman cannonball in a 500ml can. No. Give it to me in a smaller can. And then if I want to share, why two? Yeah, exactly. So now we're on to, well, what used to be called Paul's question of the week. Questions, questions, fill my head. Um, but has since been hijacked by many people. They jumped on the bandwagon, haven't they? People love the question of the week section, so... Um, this is um, this is what we've got this week. So we're going to go through all of these and try and give them a bit of an answer. While we're doing this, though, um, what are you pouring for us now, mate? Barren aged beer out of the can. Okay, um, then. So, uh, six point, not satisfied with already destroying us sometimes with resin, which comes in at about 9%, have decided to do a barrel aged rye ale at 10.5%. Brilliant. Which they've sent through to us. Um, I think we have had a barrel aged beers there before, wasn't it? A chocolate one at one of the Essex bottle shares. Didn't Tom bring no, one? No, it was a, it was a coffee one. Ah, okay. It was like a a triple coffee stout thing. I do remember it being fantastic. Though. That had its own badge as well on yeah. Untapped. But it was fantastic. Yeah, it was probably yeah. nice. I mean, this has got that sort of rye colour to it. It's like an orange, it's like a marmalade. It is, yeah. It's colour to it. Yeah, so, let's, uh, um, let's have a little taste of this. Cheers. Oh, God, that's a good nose. Mm. I'm going to guess that's been aged in bourbon barrels because it's got that kind of aroma to it. Yeah. Which is quite nice, actually, because, and I'm, again, I may have said this before, rye is not my favourite ingredient in beers because I think they can overdo it. But it works in that. At the moment, I'm not getting that rice spiciness no, coming it's, through. it's balancing out quite nicely. It's almost like, um, at the moment, the only thing I can put it as an old-fashioned boiled sweet at the moment. Okay. That's what I'm getting on this. 
And at 10.5%, that's a little bit dangerous. Go quite light, old-fashioned boards. <laughs> sort of thing well, you just put in a car for a long journey. Well, let's sit this one slowly while we get through these questions then. So first up from James at Gammon Barron. How many times is that tonight? I don't know. He, I reckon he's on for a record, though. I, I reckon so. This could. We should literally just name this show <laughs> James. Um, is hashtag fanzine a clandestine way of brewdog quality control in their new beers? Are we both sheep and guinea pigs? Hashtag opinions. <laughs> um, I never really thought about it, if I'm being honest. Um, I'm still a fan of the fanzine range of beers. Uh, me and Michelle sh- shared the most recent three uh, yesterday, which means I'm never having one whole can either. Um, and at the moment, I have to admit, while the service and the price stay exactly as they are, and I'm enjoying the beers, I have to admit, I'm not really that bothered whether I am a sheep or a guinea pig. I have to say I've fallen out of love a little bit with Hansi. Um because, uh, again, I, I agree with what you've said there, the price point, the service, the delivery, everything is on point. I'm just getting a little bit um, bored with their approach to what's going in the boxes. Um, and I'm going to reiterate my point here with a few statistics. So, this, is, this is like our first set of facts tonight. This is, this is some facts tonight. So we've had 11 editions of Fanzine so far, which is 33 beers. Okay. Within those 33 beers, we have had four versions of King of Eights, three versions of Ten Ton Truck, and three versions of Zephyr, two versions of Pulp Patriot, and two versions of Jet Trash, which is 42% of the beers that we've received in Fanzine are essentially repeats of beers that have been in there before. I was expecting a little bit of that, but it feels like it's too much right now. And especially when the last box that we got had two variants in it. I don't mind getting a single variant in a box, but I was hoping for more new beers or or more revisits of old things. I I just think they've become a little bit... I think it's become a little bit lazy in terms of we're just going to keep churning out different variants of beers. Are you planning to cancel them? I... I'm thinking about it, and full disclosure, I can't for at least another cycle because a couple of people have used my referral code, which which means <laughs> that I get I get some discount off the Brewdog shop if I buy a number of fanzines after they've used my code as well. Right, okay. Um, so I mean, so I'd be stupid to cancel right well, now. Yeah, of course you would. Because I'm about to get some credit. Um, so I've got at least one more box that I'm going to pay for. And then I'm going to look at it and see what's going on. I don't disagree with your points, um, but I'm still enjoying them. And because maybe, again, maybe it's a slightly different perspective because me and Michelle are always sharing them. Apart from one, which I don't know, was it a pina colada one, which had coconut? Yeah. We didn't share that. I had zero <laughs> of that one. I think... So maybe there's a slightly different perspective for me, but I had, I ultimately, I never went into it with expectations. Also, I came to Brewdog a bit later than a lot of people. So even when they do repeat some beers and even if they when they throw in a few old ones, to me they're still new beers as well. Well Or you were you hoping for more old favourites coming out? No, than- no. I, I 
In fact, I'll, I'll be I'll be completely upfront. I didn't expect any of the old favourites coming out until I, th- I think it was Clown King that was the first one that was a previous beer that they had released appeared in one of the the the, the, the issues, and I was like, wow. I didn't realise they were going to do that. I didn't think they were going to bring back old beers. Now, there's an element of me that's saying, don't cancel, don't cancel, don't cancel, because the minute you cancel, the next box is going to have a <laughs> hardcore IPA in it. And, and, and that's, that's... In a can. In a can. And that's essentially what I'm waiting for, is I, I know that's going to happen at some point. But I, I just think when it gets to the point where almost half of the beers have been the same beers repeated over but and over different again. different variants. No, no, let's say, I get what you're saying, but for me, the the proof is in, do I still enjoy it and do I still rate it? I don't look back at the last set. Well, I, I don't, but I, I do when it comes to, to checking them in because I've got to say, particularly with the King of Eight series, they're becoming indistinguishable from the last one because it, it, it's just a different variant of a New England IPA that they're churning out. And... I, I'm I'm literally another thing that I'm waiting for is I can't believe that Brewdog haven't yet tagged on to the Brute IPA and and put one of those in in fanzine because every other fucker's doing them. Yeah, and, I'm and sure it's it'll very happen. much the beer style of the moment. I'm so. sure it'll happen, but it's a really good question by Dan because I had never considered it in that respect. And we have seen a couple of them go on to become more widely available. Brewdog beers, yeah. I, so, I yeah. think it was the Jet Trash as, yeah. as, as one of those. We had two versions of it in fanzine and then it was released as a beer. Yeah. So, but uh, at 11 quid for free beers delivered to my door, I would say that as a guinea pig or a sheep, it's still not bad value. But I do, I do also take on board the point that, yes, even without the stats, I was aware. I think uh, the last one was 10 charm track at the weekend. But... I enjoyed it still, but yes, I knew it was still a beer I'd had before. Yeah. Without looking. So, yeah, I, I, I also get the point of if you're looking for uh, either new beers or completely new variants on the style, then maybe at the moment it's not quite hitting the mark. No. And it's, it's interesting to see that other breweries have now picked up on this sort of thing because in the past week, Northern Monk released a patron's monthly subscription where you can, I think it's, you pay 30 quid a month and you get nine new Northern Monk beers a month for that 30 quid. But they only put out 50 of those. So if you weren't one of those first 50 that signed up to that, you've missed out on that. So actually this this idea of a, of, of a smaller subscription service, because subscription services aren't new, are they? We've got, no. beer bods have been around for years and, and, and a lot of people have tried to copy the beer bods model. But fanzine took it to a new element in terms of you're getting new beers on a regular basis and only a small outlay yeah you can you can spend 11 quid on two drinks in a pub yeah easily so i think i think i'm going to hang on in there for now but they've got to start changing it up for me if i get too many more variants of beers that i've had before i'm going to start getting a bit more angry are we going to have more are we going to have a bit of a brew dog rant on the show no, I'm I'm done with ranting. I'm I'm done with giving them any airtime on on the show. To be honest with you. Okay, we've just given them ten minutes. I, I know but, I've just given them ten minutes. But but thank you very much, Gavin Baron. Yes. Um, next up, we have from the Owl Lady at the Owl Lady. Now that breweries are collaborating more than ever, is the Rainbow Project as desirable and enigmatic as it once was, especially at a price that works out at over seven quid a bottle? 
I think we've we spoke about this before. Yeah. Didn't we? I mean, I have to be honest. Um, it's always been under the radar for me. Hmm? Um, it's never really been of all the the releases going on. It's always been one which has slipped under underground. I've always been happy to let it go as well. Um, and for I don't, I, have, I to be honest, I've got no real idea why either. I can't justify that in any shape or form on the basis that the guys behind it, Siren are a brewer that I really respect and I, always, I generally always enjoy their beers. Yeah. It's just that for whatever reason, the Rainbow Project never feels like one of those ones which is done to death on social media perhaps. I, and I can, I, can, I can hardly name any of the beers. And yes, we've, we've got the obvious one, Yellow Belly. That's yeah. one of the big standouts for me. Um, but if I was on a quiz and someone had done Who Wants to Be a Millionaire was phoning me as a phone a friend... They're fucked. They've lost yeah, the money. Yeah. I mean, we we spoke before about certainly on a on a, on a previous show we was talking about collaborations, and there are so many of these collaborative boxes now. And again, we've spoken about it tonight with the Fullers and Friends yep. series two or whatever it is, which comes out at tw- it comes out at two pound a bottle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, it's yeah, it's probably not as desirable as it as it was. Yeah, like I said it's, before. Everyone I know who's gone to like the launches in various places when they've had them in various breweries over the last couple of years, especially, have enjoyed them. But it's just maybe I don't know. Maybe it's the time of year during the summer. Yeah, it just I'm it's not the wrong time. I'm, I'm sort it? of I'm I'm not focused. Yeah, I, I am doing other stuff during the summer break, so maybe that's that's the reason why. But do make sure, and I'm not sure whether it'll be out by the time our podcast is released. But I know Beer Nomicon have recorded a box episode. <laughs> Of them drinking the latest rainbow, and if it's projects. anything like their um, either their McKellar box reviews yeah. or when they did the uh, corner shop beers that they could get for part of the uh, big beery night, yeah, um, it'll be worth its weight in gold. I'm, I'm sure there'll be an argument or two. Oh, definitely in, in there. But they have that without getting drunk. Yeah. Um, next up, so from Miles Lambert at Miles Lambert, the Avengers are a pretty diverse bunch. Which beer do you think each one would have as their favourite? Now, we had a disagreement over who we were actually going to feature as the, the Avengers, <laughs> didn't we? Uh, we? Yeah, but I think we can, we can definitely start off with the main four. Oh, okay, so yeah. Let's, uh, let, let's go for these then. Okay. So, who did you put as your first one out of the four? Iron Man. I put Captain America. But Iron Man was the first film. I know, but I'm, I'm still Team Cap. But Iron Man was the first film. Without Iron Man, <laughs> you haven't got the Avengers. Whole different podcast. Yeah. Okay. Wait, wait for that one next year. Okay, so are we going with we going with Captain yeah, America yeah. first? Then? No, no, no. Go with Tony Stark. Go, go with Tony Stark. Okay. Um, I went for Punk IPA just because it's loud, it's brash, it's full of itself, and it just felt like it was the perfect Tony Stark beer. I I can get that. Um, I just went for anything new, as in the style. Okay. So for him, he's drinking a brute IPA now. I get that. I really get that. Yeah. He would always be going for the latest. Yeah. Okay, let's do Cap next then. Uh, Captain America. Um, despite um, a few comments I saw on Twitter, Paul at UNRCD, um, I think he'd be drinking Brooklyn Lager. See, I have to disagree because I think if we're going with Captain America as in Steve Rogers as the man who is Captain America and where he came from... The only beer that would have been available to him in 1940s would have been Budweiser. So I'm going for Captain America drinking Budweiser. No, it wouldn't have been. The, fir- the first beer that came into the States after Prohibition was Heineken. 
I still think he'd, he'd be a Budweiser man because it's a it's a true American beer. No, Steve Rogers now he would go with saying which says the name Brooklyn in it. He's a Brooklyn boy. We're not agreeing too much here, no. are we? But people like that. Okay, what about the Hulk then? Um, I am going to agree with you partly on the, on your last beer. I would say Bud Prohibition for him. Really? Because that's the most sensible drink <laughs> to give him. Because the last thing you want is Banner getting angry in a pub because someone's knocked his drink out of his hands. Oh, see? I, okay, so... I so went, I've gone Bud Prohibition. Okay, so I went for Hulk, colour... What, what colour goes with the Hulk? Well, green. Okay, so what am I going to go for? Cannibal. That's the can, not the drink. It's a green can. So you think a person who can turn into the Hulk should have a 7.4% beer? I think the Hulk should be drinking Cannibal. Brilliant. Um, okay, so four. Struggled a bit more with Thor. I was going to go for something obvious, like, like Skull. <laughs> or, or, or something like that but I eventually ended up thinking I think Thor would be a man that would drink a big impy stout and the only one that really sprung to mind in terms of its design and its packaging and what really works with Thor is Buxton's Rain Shadow because it's normally covered in lightning and oh, I like what that. comes with lightning it's Thor I like that it's thunder um, I went it's probably for... the only one I put any thought into <laughs> to oh I well, see I put thought into I went for Odin's Tipple okay which is from a brew that I can't pronounce. Did you I'm actually search it up? Yep. Oh, no, I knew there was a beer with Odin in the title and I couldn't find it. And there's a beer called Odin's Tipple. And you read the description, I'm thinking, yeah, he'd be right with this one. Because even in um, that bit in uh, the last four film where Doctor Strange refills his lager glass, he doesn't look like he's that fussed about it, mm. to be honest. He might as well carried on through filling his tea. Yeah. Um, he doesn't look that bothered about it. I also went for a, a beer for Romanoff and Hawkeye. See, now I disagreed with their inclusion, but I'm going to let you go with it. They're in the first Avengers film. The The question was about the Avengers, and on your basis that you can't have Avengers without four, both of them appeared in in the films before the Avengers. Okay, just just give us their beers. Right, so, uh, Romanoff, Russian River, Pliny the Elder. Makes sense. Because she can handle that. Or or you could have gone for the obvious of going for like a red beer. Yeah, but no, but she hasn't got red all the time. Something red. She hasn't got red hair now. No, it's true. She's gone blonde. And um, Hawkeye, I needed to find something which had eagle. So I decided not to do Bombardier from okay. the Eagle Brewery Good. at Wells. Because uh, I thought that'd be wrong. Yeah. I, I don't mind Hawkeye. Uh, Lone Eagle Brewing, New England Chowder. Okay. So I, I, I put a bit of thought into those. Would you not have anything more arrow-wise? Could you not have found something? No, I think Hawkeye with the, the whole eagle thing. I couldn't find a hawk-related okay. beer. And so I went, I did go for the eagle one, but I did like the question. I love that question. I mean, <laughs> I mean, like you say, that's, that's a podcast in itself. Yeah, we, we could do, we could do a whole lot of that. <laughs> oh, and, and we kind maybe, of have done. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. You never know. Maybe some of these beers will appear in future Avengers releases, which Who are knows? planned already. Yeah. Uh, and then the final one is from Paul at UNRCD, <laughs> who this whole section is dedicated after. Uh, what is the best and worst Berry presents. <laughs> I'm sure he was going for berry there. Yep. Uh, you have ever received. If you had the choice, what would be your berry present of choice? So uh, The worst one I had uh, was definitely a uh, Marston's Classic Assorted Ales case. So 12 beers, two of each. And we're talking, um, we're talking Witchwood, Marston's, Breakspear and Ringwood. On cast, there are a couple of those which I do enjoy. Pedigree when it's at 
again served at its best. Hobgoblin. I used to like the uh, Breakspear triple drop, but uh, that wasn't part of it. That was my worst one. What was your? I've I, uh, quite sadly I've never been given a beery present, so I'm 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 quite happy to say I've never received anything that shit that I didn't want to drink it. Okay, on the best ones, um, I'm going to have to shout out my fiance when she bought me uh, one of the rather old Fuller's vintage ale beers as one of my best beery presents. If if someone's going to buy me a beery present of choice, it would be a regular monthly subscription to receive a slab of Cannonball on my doorstep at the first of every month. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Am I that obvious? Yep. <laughs> it's Cannonball. It's in a green can. Here you go. Here you it's go. my birthday every first of the month. Give it to the Hulk. <laughs> um, final thoughts on the barrel-aged righteous owl. I think you've made a good shout about the uh, the bourbon. Um, that is that is completely been aged. That vanilla, that vanilla is yeah. really coming through, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's, bur- it's, well, it's it's vanilla. It's toffee. You know what? I hope I'm not doing anyone a disservice here, but this is what Innocent Gun used to smell like. Oh, the oak aged. Yeah, when it was when it was original Innocent Gun about eight years ago. Yeah, I see. What you, I can see what you're saying. Definitely. Um, I think it's really. Not, I, I'm not really sure where this one pitches up in its market though to be honest yeah I'm, I'm I don't know where a 10.5% barrel aged Royale pitches up on its selection now in a can I'm still unsure about the whole canned barrel aged impy stout thing yeah which we probably at some point probably do need to do on a, as a show yeah. on its own but I can understand where the hells came from and the, the range we're used to in spoons, I get that. I don't know where this sits. No. I'm but enjoying I'd, it. I'd be happy to see it in a spoon. I'd be happy to see it in spoons. Because know. it's somewhere <laughs> to go after resin. Yeah. Which usually, that, it's just it's, home. It's home, yeah. <laughs> so now we have somewhere to make, even getting home, even harder than You've before. You've had too much resin, go home, you're drunk. Yeah, don't sort ask for the right yourself. Yeah. But yeah, I think it actually ticks the boxes. It, it, it does have that baronage quality. The rye, for me, is nicely dialed down. It's very dialed down. It's there. Yeah. But not... So if you're a lover of rye and you really want that rye spiciness, then this probably won't work so much. Um, I'm still getting that bored sweet quality to it. The vanilla is coming through. I think sharing it's worked out quite well, to be honest. Yeah, as much as I'm loving it, that whole can might have been a struggle. Yeah, I would say so. Whereas that's never anything we've ever said on resin. No. Anyone want to share this can of resin? Yeah. It's so, a question that's never been asked. Yeah. So, we're at um, the end of our second birthday. We are. We've had fun. We've had fun. I hope that everyone else who's stuck with us all the way through the two hours has enjoyed it as well. Two hours and seven beers or whatever it's been. Um, if you've enjoyed this evening, let us know. Use the hashtag opinions and we will find you. Many thanks to a whole list of people for getting these beers that we've enjoyed tonight. Yep, and um, thanks to James, 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 James. James, yes, this is the James Show at Gammon Barron. Um, many thanks to Heathwick UK for getting us the six-point beers. Thanks to Budvar for sending us the uh, a lot of Budvar beer. <laughs> um, 
so much that we've probably still not drunk it all. I haven't. You have. You I, went. I, you I, went I, camping. I've drunk on mine. Thanks to Saltair Brewing Co. for sending us their their, their new beers and their new bottles. Thanks to, to, to Manual for sending us their cans. Um, we're looking forward to trying the other variations. And thanks to Wild Beer Co. for sending us what is probably the most drinkable beer of the year. Oh, it's certainly right up there. I yeah. have to admit, um, that was fantastic. The Sleeping Limes. So, Martin. What are we doing next time? <laughs> it's a show you've all been waiting for. It's the um, Sour Journey that Steve is going to be on. Mm-hmm. So in two weeks' time, we'll be recording. I shall be hosting. And we are also hoping to do a bit of periscoping for a couple of the beers that Steve tries. He has no idea what beers, uh, actually properly no idea about what beers he's going to be trying. But it is going to be a bit of a sour journey for him. I am going into this completely blind. And I am 100% shitting myself uh, about it. And I am going to have my Gaviscon chasers ready um, for that show. But it'll be a good one. I, I'm looking forward to it, actually, because I, I, I think I, I, trust, I trust your knowledge on sour beers. And, and I think you're going to have laid out a journey that will, will take me on steps through that journey. That's definitely the plan. And um, that's in a couple of weeks. So until then, cheers. Cheers.